This is Unfiltered, episode 228 for March 8th, 2017. Washington, I'm Brett Baer. It is being called another catastrophic breach for the U.S. intelligence community at the hands of WikiLeaks tonight. Thousands of documents and files on how the CIA uses cyberspace to spy on the bad guys and maybe even some of the good guys, too, using the Internet of Things and devices in homes around the world. It has the intelligence community on a hunt for the leaker of sensitive tradecraft and detailed computer code. That's right. It's now time to turn off that television, turn off your cell phone, unless you're listening to Unfiltered, Jupiter (laughs) Broadcasting's weekly show about the news you shouldn't be watching. I'm Chase. Over there at the controls is our sound guy, Mr. Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chase. It's great. Thanks for letting me on the show this week. I'm really excited. Uh, I've been been following this Vault 7 stuff, Chase. Well, we needed somebody that knew Windows and... and (laughs) (laughs) Wow, dude. (laughs) It has been... Wow. this, This is one of those weeks that your Unfiltered show was built for. I know. It's just... Mind equals explosion. This is this is this is our sweet spot right now. Uh, so we're going to get into the cyber segment this week. Might as well be called WikiLeaks. <laughs> we're going to get into our no. cyber sponsored by WikiLeaks. Yeah, really, right. no kidding. So we're going to get into some of the Vault Seven stuff. The, wow. the, the biggest, the biggest things that have been revealed. Uh, also, then later on, we're going to get into some of Trump's wiretapping claims, as well as some major developments in the war on terror. Major developments, and really, what I should say, the propaganda part of the war on terror. Yeah, and then. Mr. Chase. Yes, Chris. We're going to wrap it up on a high note. All right, fair enough. And then we'll shift gears for overtime later on. All right. But that's that's some shenanigans that's, we don't have. That's, that's later, later. That's that's what you call a tease if yeah. you're in the industry. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, we, we're teasing it. So did you hear about this whole uh, Vault 7 leak thing? Kind Vault, of a, Vault kind of a 7. Thing. Is, that, is that from uh, Fallout, uh, one of the vaults? My understanding, where, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay, you go in enough. there and it's yeah. just like, you know. Some, you, you're in there because of the nuclear holocaust supplies. and the war. Yeah. Right, right. No, Chase, no. No? It's a little bit bigger than that. Oh. Some of the CIA's most sophisticated and effective spying tools apparently pried open tonight with the help of WikiLeaks. Oh, I like it already. I pried open with the help of WikiLeaks. That's good. The anti-secrecy group says it's... The anti-secrecy group. That's also good. They're against secrets. WikiLeaks hate secrecy, Chase. Yes, yes. Figure it out, okay? They don't like secrecy. No no secrets. Obtained thousands of files, hundreds of millions of lines of code from the CIA's massive hacking operation. Hundreds of thousands of lines of code. It's funny. By by the way, you see the little typing that was on that screen? Yeah, the HTML code where they just... Yeah, but he was just typing it A-S-D-K-F-A-S-D-K. He's just... Just smash it on the keyboard. Uh, oh, wow, you're right. <laughs> they are the worst with the with the B roll. Oh, like remember, terrible. remember the last big hacking thing they actually used Fallout B roll. Yeah, they and did. Now yeah. this, so yeah. Um, really, there's no mainstream quote unquote mainstream media that's really getting this analysis right. But uh, yeah. Democracy Now has a good breakdown. WikiLeaks has published what it says is the largest leak of secret CIA documents in history. The thousands of documents, dubbed Vault 7, describe CIA programs and tools that are capable of hacking into both Apple and Android cell phones. Let's stop there. So you remember the huge deal around the San Bernardino shooter? Yeah, that's right. That get, they couldn't get access, right? Right. I remember. So the CIA is actively working outside of the NSA. This is an interesting thing, and outside of the FBI, because the CIA, sick and tired of explaining themselves to the NSA. I'm not making this up. This is in the leaks. NSA 
They want to know all of these annoying questions like, what are you doing? What's your authorization? You know, these really just frustrating, annoying questions that slow you down. Right. So uh, a couple of years ago, back in 2013 and such, the CIA decided, look, we're just going to have to take on our own cyber hacking. We're just going to have to hire some hackers, buy some exploits off the black market, and start doing this ourselves. Because explaining our methods and our means and our reasons, is that's too hard. By hacking into entire phones, the CIA is then reportedly able to bypass encrypted messenger programs such as Signal, Telegram, and WhatsApp. Now, they're... They're grabbing the screen contents and the audio contents from the from the phone from at the OS level. Wow. So it's not just WhatsApp and Telegram. It's, it's in everything. Yeah. yeah. And what's what's so going back to San Bernardino, what's interesting here is the CIA has zero day exploits that they know about that they're keeping confidential. So then you have the FBI trying to investigate a terrorism attack that has to go through this whole public battle with Apple. Holy crap. Meanwhile, the CIA has an exploit to get them access to this. They just simply don't want to reveal it. Wow. Although contrary to many news reports, the documents do not show the CIA has developed tools to hack these encrypted services themselves. The documents also outline a CIA and British intelligence program called Weeping Angel, through which the spy agency can hack into a Samsung smart television and turn it into a surveillance device that records audio conversations even when it appears to be off. What do you want to bet it's not just Samsung smart oh, televisions? Oh, yeah. I love the, I love the uh, fake off that they have, and they, they go into the docks. It's, you turn off the television, but they figured out a way to compromise the, the little mini computer that's listening to, to the IR receiver. Yep. That's like, okay, well, I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to wait for an IR command from the remote to fire up. They've managed to compromise that son of a bitch. Wow. They compromise that guy, and then they can fire up the other components while the main display is off, and the little power light indicates it's off. I mean, off. How, how much have you, have, have you ta- talked to Alan uh, on TechSnap about how the, the encryption of the Internet of Things is just so terrible, oh, man. and it's yeah, just yeah. open, right. and things are just ripe for hacking, yeah. and here it is. Other documents describe ways to hack into Skype, Wi-Fi networks, PDFs, and commercial antivirus programs. The leak also shows the CIA has reportedly looked for ways to hack into cars and trucks, which WikiLeaks said, quote, would permit the CIA to engage in nearly undetectable assassinations, unquote. Other documents outline how the CIA has used the U.S. consulate in Frankfurt, Germany, as a covert base to spy on Europe, the Middle East, and Africa. So this is, this is fascinating. And my understanding is a little rough here. This is the part I did the, sort of the least reading about. But my understanding is this consulate in Germany, once you get there, you are authorized to travel to 24 other European countries. So they get spies in here that then automatically have access to 24 wow. other European countries. And uh, we so many times in these leaks, we see about the consulates being used as a CIA front. And this leak is yet another one that confirms that. Monday's release totals more than 7,800 web pages and 943 attachments, which WikiLeaks says comes from the CIA Center for Cyber Intelligence in Langley, Virginia. Some of the material was redacted by WikiLeaks to avoid releasing the actual computer code used in the programs. So WikiLeaks did something really, really smooth here. And I think... So I I watched a video conference with Assange from like a week and a half ago where he said sometime this year we're going to release this stuff. And then a week and a half later, here we have it. And I think what was was the cause of the delay is they went through the code that's in these leaks, redacted a lot of it, but left enough code where antivirus companies – 
and firms that are interested. So they can start putting the blocks in place. They can start putting the agents and detectors, yeah, wow. they're blocking it. So you, we are going to, over the next few weeks, we're going to start seeing reports of people around the world who have updated their intrusion detection system or their antivirus right. to find this stuff. Wow. WikiLeaks says Monday's release is only the first batch of many more secret CIA documents. This could be huge, too. If they do another batch release like they did with the Podesta emails and the DNC emails. The CIA has refused to comment on the authenticity of the documents, but at least one anonymous government official told The New York Times the government, the documents were real, while another former intelligence officer told The Times the code names used in the documents appeared to be accurate. I would also I would also say just from somebody who's read through some of these documents, because in these documents, Chase, are user and developer manuals. Yeah. And they're full on like install this software on Linux, build this package on Linux. And I read through all of those, and they are 100% technically Spot accurate. On, yeah. And they talk about using Ubuntu or Linux Mint, and they are, they're not bullshit. WikiLeaks did not reveal the source of the leak, but did say the source, quote, wishes to initiate a public debate about the security creation, use, proliferation, and democratic control of cyber weapons, unquote. On Twitter, Edward Snowden said, quote, the CIA reports show the U.S. government developing vulnerabilities in U.S. products and intentionally keeping the holes open. I want to stop here because one of the big pushback narratives that you're seeing from a lot of the different CIA spokespeople is, and of course, this is getting reflected in the media coverage. Well, this is about foreign targets. It's not about hacking American citizens. This is damaging. It reveals our sources and our methods. This is going to hurt us. This is going to make it harder for the CIA to do their job. They weren't doing this against Americans. This is an unnecessary revelation. And now our foreign intelligence has been harmed. I listened to NPR today, and NPR said that America is less safe as of these revelations. That pales in comparison to the CIA, the NSA, and the FBI, along with other agencies sitting on Hundreds of zero-day vulnerabilities in the products that we use every single day. There is nothing that limits the use of these vulnerabilities to the CIA or the NSA. Correct. There's nothing that says that Joe Hacker out on the Internet or Iran couldn't exploit these zero-day vulnerabilities. They fundamentally, they being the intelligence agencies, fundamentally undermined the safety, security, and privacy of American citizens by not working with manufacturers to close these zero days, by instead sitting on hundreds, in fact, maybe thousands of zero days, they have left everyday Americans, everyday corporation, and government institutions vulnerable to these attacks. So when these people on the media say, well, we are less safe, they've exposed our methods, they've exposed our means, Understand that that pales in comparison to the vulnerability that these intelligence agencies have decided, well, let's just leave this out there so that way we can take advantage of it. Yes, sure, maybe Russia could take advantage of it. Maybe China could take advantage of it. Maybe Canada could take advantage of it. But we also could take advantage of it. Now, that wouldn't – if these intelligence agencies were infallible and they didn't make mistakes, that might almost be okay. Yeah. But they are packed full of humans and worse than that – They are packed full of contractors. Yes. And this is why we continue to have leaks. This is why they continue to have issues. These very leaks themselves demonstrate they are not responsible enough to hold on to these zero days. Do you know how these leaks got exposed? 
Nope. They're just getting passed around between contractors and the government. The cyber wow. intelligence is based in Langley. WikiLeaks say the documents were obtained from a, quote, isolated high-security network at the facility. The trove, bearing names such as Assassin and Medusa, had been circulated among former U.S. government hackers and contractors. I've heard the number as high as thousands. One of whom, quote, recently gave the archive to WikiLeaks. So eventually... After hundreds of employees of the federal government and thousands of contractors, one of them, one of them gave it to WikiLeaks. Of, and we can talk about how we have to improve our technology or we have to crack down on whistleblowers. But as long as our government depends on outsourcing so much of our fundamental functionality to contractors, this is always going to be a problem. And, and, I, and I find like finding this, you know, inc- incredibly ironic with the recent order that was signed by the president, the, uh, the executive order of blocking people coming in from these six countries until they're fully vetted. We're not even fully vetting our contractors so true. that are here in the United States. Yeah. And, and and this is goes way beyond Trump. This I mean, this was going through the Obama administration. This is going through the Bush administration. This is going through the Clinton administration. This has been happening for a very, very long time. And it's 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 catching up with them. Yeah. You know, uh, what was Snowden? A contractor. Exactly. This is an ongoing problem. And they keep talking about, oh, well, we'll we'll solve this. No, this is intrinsic to how you've now set up the government. Right. You were bringing this many outside people in. One of them, one of them is going to have a moral core that has to say something. And and part of the thing here is you you have these contractors and these companies, these security companies that you've heard a lot about. We've talked about them, what the 16 security companies or 27, you know, you always hear that number. These are the companies that are bidding at the lowest number possible for a government contract. And so once they get in, it's up to that company to do the vetting. And they don't they don't have the same level of vetting that our American government would have. And they want to make a profit. Absolutely. So what do you get? This is what you get. This is exactly what you get. Yep. It's great for the show. It's yeah. great for the show. <laughs> great content. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've seen a lot of different versions of blaming it on Russia. This is a Russian distraction. This is Putin pulling the strings this of WikiLeaks once again. No. I, oh, well, Colonel Ralph Pierce, oh, or Colonel Ralph Peters, he's going to tell you, Jay. I like this take. Oh, it's Russia. It is Russia. Fox what Resort. I can say at this point, because I just confer with our national security staff internally, is that uh, we just won't comment on these particular evolving events. This is Kellyanne Conway. I'm going to leave it to them in the briefings they expect to have later this morning, Bill, to really uh, get to the bottom of this. That was the president's counselor, Kellyanne Conway, deflecting questions about that WikiLeaks dump revealing alleged CIA hacking secrets. The FBI is now reportedly preparing to investigate how the alleged CIA documents were made public. <laughs> well, our next guest believes Russia may have played a key role. Joining me now. Don't even bother looking for who's responsible. Right. We already know. Yeah. It's Putin. Yeah. Retired Army Lieutenant Colonel Ralph Peters, a Fox News strategic analyst. Hi, Good Shane. to see you today. Good to see you. Yeah. Now, he's, you know, he's not happy about this. Yeah, I'm not He doesn't happy. want to have to be the one to break the news to us, but it's his duty. Somebody's got to do it. So he's here getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to make complete bullshit up. Okay, so what WikiLeaks is saying about this is that the source is somebody who thought public needs to know about this, we need to have the public discourse, possibly a former contractor or employee. You think that may be a red herring? Well, sure. Why would they tell us where they're getting it and, and, and lose the source? I mean, it's just... I think they're telling us where they're getting it because they're sick and tired of being being claimed it's a Russian outlet. It's It was Putin. It was... They're, they're, 
the, what I think they've probably learned in this particular political climate is if they're not a little more explicit about where they got the information from, people like Ralph here will assume they got it from the Russians. It's uh, amazing to me the way this has been spun by the nutcase media on the far left and far right. The nutcase media. So you just threw your employer under the bus because it says <laughs> they're know. on your lower third. Fox News strategic I analyst. I know. No, Buddy. everybody else is the media except for Fox. Whenever right. Fox talks about the media. the media. They're not the media. That somehow the CIA is, you know, they're spying on us. No, they're not. If the CIA had not developed these tools, it would be dereliction of duty. I, I can actually see that point of view. Okay. Also, though, bullshit, they're not spying on us. <laughs> yeah. Our enemies use smartphones. Our enemies watch televisions. I mean, it's... This whole thing is just amazing to me, the way it's been orchestrated. And who profits? The Russians profit. They profit, Chase. The Russians have virtually owned WikiLeaks for years now. They virtually own WikiLeaks oh, for years I, now. I didn't know uh, WikiLeaks was a public company, Chris. So we have gone from the Russians worked with WikiLeaks to distribute Podesta's hacked emails to... They're basically Russia. Uh, they, they control the timing of what's released. I'm sure this... I'm sure... This came from the Russians to further disrupt our government, so, to further destroy he, trust. I mean, God, you just Ralph, heard it right there. I'm sure. Ralph, really? He's, he knows so much. Maybe he should actually have an active role in government. Absolutely. Jeez. I mean, he just knows so, so, well, so mean, much. Well, I mean, obviously, just like Trump I mean, you know, knew that his uh, his yeah. tower was bugged. Yeah, absolutely. Sa- he, I guess they got the information it's, from it's, the same place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, okay. So what I like about this is we just okay. So we just work on some assumptions these days. Uh, the Russians hacked the election. The yes. Russians worked to undermine Hillary Clinton. Yes, and the Russians were potentially were maybe potentially working with the Trump campaign. Okay, there's one problem. One man who would seem to be the man to know. Now I I will admit he's not the most trustworthy person, but one man seems to indicate that uh, well. These these things could be very dangerous and very damaging. Let's go down this rabbit hole. Well, another development that we're following today, and this is a big one, WikiLeaks has struck again. Okay, WikiLeaks. So who do we bring on to talk about WikiLeaks striking again? There's only one person, really. He's 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 our go-to guy. Claiming that their latest document released today... Come on, who is a chat room? ...reveals important CIA hacking secrets. NBC News has not verified the authenticity of these documents. No, <laughs> we've got other things to do. <laughs> who, I, we can't be bothered. And a CIA spokesman is declining to comment. Oh, well, if the right, CIA so, won't so comment. We have no spokesperson. Yeah. We can't confirm it. So we got to go to our guy. We got to go to somebody. Who do you think it is? You got any guesses? No. Okay. Retired four-star general and former CIA director Michael Hayden. Hey! <laughs> He's on all of the networks. Wow. Also, former head of the NSA, is a principal of the Chertoff Group now, and the author of Playing to the Edge, American Intelligence in the Age of Terror, now out in paperback. Well... General Hayden, it's great to see you. you. We cannot have a more perfect guest today to talk about all of this. It's funny because CNN couldn't have had a more perfect guest. Yeah. Uh, CBS couldn't have had a more perfect guest. NBC couldn't have had a more perfect guest. Uh, ABC couldn't have had a more and perfect a guest, guest. with a book to push. No so, kidding. I mean, it's like, really something here. It's great. Now, it, it, so far we're doing pretty good. But then it gets super, super awkward I almost feel like this first question betrays the fact that there was some discussion ahead of time of what she could and could not a- ask him. Listen to this question and how weird it gets. Oh. And you and I have both interviewed people before. Yes. So you know how this can... We are not going to go into the details of what WikiLeaks is revealing uh, out of caution Good. and because we... Good. 
Good. So this is her reassuring her guest. Right. So, hello, Mr. Hayden. This is the company which you are keeping. But it is also kind of a a heads up to the viewer that I can't dig very deeply Mm -hmm. because of the sensitive issue. Right. Right. So this is good all around. Yeah. You have not authenticated them, but just in general, let me ask you, how damaging is it? Now, that is a good question. How damaging is it? It's something they're all talking about. In fact, it's the only thing they're talking about. And he's actually even getting ready to answer it. Yeah. See that? Yeah. He's like, he's taking a breath. Yeah. He's ready. Then it gets weird. Well, if they appear just, to be what they are, right. what about this continual leak, leakage uh, from WikiLeaks, this document dump? And this could be, could be, depending on uh, what uh, what assessment we make. Is this getting weird? What? Like she realized, oh, shoot, I'm cornering him too much. I'm going to make him say something that might be too on the nose, might be too specific. I got to go back general. I got to broaden general. this out. Yeah, yeah. Could be one of the most dan- dangerous and damaging of them all. I'm going to play the whole thing since we interrupted it, but it was really awkward. Leakage uh, from WikiLeaks. This- I'll go back a little bit further. This continual leak leakage uh, from WikiLeaks, this document dump. And this could be, could be, depending on uh, what, uh, what assessment we make, could be one of the most dan- dangerous and damaging of them all. No, you're right. But, but Andrea, I just know what I'm reading and reading very quickly and, and, and frankly, not a whole lot of detail. Actually, there's quite a bit of detail. You just have to go read the leaks. I, <laughs> I know it's, yeah. it's, it's sort of unfortunate because you can't just listen to what Andrea tells you. Now, there was one aspect of the leaks that I thought was kind of interesting when we look at the history of this show. The CIA is saying next to nothing about a massive leak of thousands of alleged highly classified documents, but others compare it to the security breaches engineered by Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning. The- Chase? Yes. Um, isn't it Chelsea Manning now? <laughs> and isn't it disrespectful of the CBS Morning News not to respect her transgender rights? That is correct. Did they just respect Chelsea Manning's transgender rights? No, they did not. I feel like they. I feel like they were. Uh, I feel like they reverted back to uh, that old was school. that was that was his male persona, which That's he know- correct to the security breaches engineered by Edward Snowden and Chelsea Manning. The- you know, hashtag I stand with Chelsea. Hashtag I stand with her. I st- hashtag I stand with her. I will not tolerate this CBS. I will not tolerate Chris, this. Chris, this is. Chris, I will not tolerate just, this. C- all you got to do. Is go to the FCC.gov uh-huh. and, and just submit File a complaint. A com- okay, just, just submit a complaint. I, I can't. I got to stand. I got to stand with her. Hashtag I know, stand but with you her. Gotta, but you got to do more than hashtags, Chris. You actually have to change engage. my avatar. No, no, and don't add a border. Actually, engage and do something because her transgender rights, Chase. Absolutely, and that's why you should actually make a formal complaint and actually inflict change. You mean there's a way I could do something besides just indignified moral outrage right no instead of being a part of the group you can actually engage and do something breaches engineered by edward snowden and chelsea manning the wikileaks website dumped what it calls secret files showing how the cia can hack into common electronic devices now the alleged targets include computers cell phones and smart tvs from apple google samsung and others Apple, Google, and Samsung, but it's not just your smartphone, my friends. Even cars are potential targets. Wait, wait, Chris, uh, remind me for a moment. There there was a... There uh, was something, right, Chase? There was a very, very sad situation that happened. uh, Right. I recall recall a journalist, uh, Michael Hastings, I believe was his name. That was the correct. uh, And he was in a Mercedes. And what odd circumstance. You know, Chase, I went back to our... uh, Went back to the unfiltered vault. Not Ah. called Vault 7, it's called the vault... And uh, I, I pulled out this clip, which okay. 
in the context, you have to remember that Michael Hastings, not only was he responsible for a well-respected general having to resign after Michael Hastings exposed some of his corruption, but he was working on an active piece how the FBI drove terrorist activity and how the CIA was spying on Americans. It's kind of amazing. Yeah. And we, I'll go back to a local news reporting that covers the Michael Hastings crash, the actual surveillance video that captured the crash. The 911 text of seven callers who were woken up in the middle of the night or 420 in the morning and uh, r- reported the, the explosion to the police department. If we can, let's show the surveillance video, I think, first, because I think that that is a new, unique look. And describe yes. what we're seeing here, Kim. Okay. What we see is a car going across the screen. Man, that thing's flying. Wow. You're going to see uh, three explosions at the very end. Three explosions. Now, um, there. If you slow, were to slow the tape down, you'd see about the 14-second mark. The car has a pre-explosion. It almost looks like, mm-hmm. and then you see the a pre-explosion before it ever hits the tree, before he ever crashes. While the car is still in movement, there is a pre-explosion. Man. Like, mm-hmm. and then you see the lights completely go out of the. Then the lights die in the car after the pre-explosion before it's crashed vehicle then you see the car turn slightly right and then after that you see the three explosions and one's the horizontal the first one is most likely a normal explosion but what um, investigators have told me through discussions and looking at the video and over and over and over said the second and third in explosions aren't indicative of a normal car accident so that in essence we have more questions you know it seems like the story this is where we go we get more questions hmm. it's not it's weird, weird. Michael Hastings was going to – was about to run an article about CIA domestic spying. Also, he had sent out a note to friends and family that he felt like he was being followed just hours before he died. And now in these leaks, we see that the CIA can take it – potentially, we don't – it's kind of – this is the vaguest part of the leak, so I don't put a lot of stock into this. But we see potentially they have investigated and researched how to remotely take advantage and control of cars with the intent to do untraceable assassinations kind of makes that michael hastings death let that soak in for a moment yeah yeah i mean this death yeah we know that cars you know they can have freak accidents we've seen that happen absolutely you know mercedes actually and people are more than welcome if you don't if you think we're wrong if you think we're making you are more than welcome to google this mercedes released a statement saying that that type of explosion was not normal, even regarding the speed and the type of impact that should not have happened. The one of the things that also really stands out was, <clears throat> well, you know, this. I I almost feel like we should go into this more. I, I almost wonder if we should. I have more information on this. I I have more clips. There, I, I'll leave them in the supporters sink. I, I went through and I basically just rewatched all of our coverage on this case. Yeah, and it's pretty bad, Chase. It, it feels it feels pretty bad. Um. And, and Mercedes uh, offered to work with law enforcement, try to figure out what happened, and they were declined. Uh, the uh, people that were looking into this were shut down. Private investigators that have been hired were run out of town. Um, it, <laughs> it's one of these things where it looks particularly bad. And if you just – if you want to take a red pill or whatever, just go go Google that and look into that a little bit. It's – it's pretty. It's pretty distressing. Well, it's it's very spooky now in light of the revelations. Going back and 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 putting in pieces and think like, wow, that could actually fit. And that's the scary part right there. Mm-hmm. 
that I know that not, no one else is going to talk about, really, because there's no dead proof on it, but it doesn't take much to connect the dots yeah. and to, to think possibly and could be. That's that's the scariness. I actually think it's a little intellectually dishonest not to consider it. Uh, yeah. it it's almost like you are working in a vacuum where you don't consider the last few years of revelations that we've had and the type of actions that we've now seen documented via these leaks. You have to be at a certain level intellectually dishonest with yourself yeah. and the information you're taking in if you don't at least consider that that man was potentially assassinated. I'm not saying he was, yeah. but I'm saying if you don't even consider it, you are being intellectually dishonest. Oh, and especially when you have investigators getting the, the cold shoulder and, and getting roadblocks and when they're trying to investigate these things, that tells you a lot of stuff, too. I mean, you, you would figure that you'd want to get all the information and get an honest uh, answer to your investigation. But if you're getting roadblocks, that kind of makes you wonder, why would you be getting roadblocks if nothing happened? And what's with the pre-explosion before he's hit anything? What's right. with the fact that there was claimed that he had been drinking, but then they destroyed the bo- they destroyed the evidence? And then what's with the, the whole weirdness about the way the, I don't know if you recall, but the engine and the drivetrain? Oh, like, yeah, it was completely separated from the vehicle. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Mercedes also said that in this type of crash, that should not have happened. Right. It's, man. It's weird. And now in light of this stuff, man, jeez. Meanwhile, the FBI has been, people have been looking at the FBI, well, what is, what is your response to this? What do you think about all of this? What, is, what are your positioning? What's your positioning on this domestic stuff? If, if the FBI had a position, that would be, I feel like, a huge, huge deal. Like if the FBI came out and said, look. We have to do these things to stay competitive. Or if they came out and said, these tools are necessary but never should be used against domestic targets. Any of that would be, would be a clear signal from the FBI about enforcing the rule of law. Instead, what we got from James Comey this week, mm, there's no such thing as privacy in the land and the brave. And here's something that I don't mean to freak you out with, but I think is true. Even our memories are not absolutely private in America. Any of us can be compelled in appropriate circumstances to say what we remember, what we saw. Even our communications with our spouses, with our clergy members, with our attorneys are not absolutely private in America. In appropriate circumstances, a judge can compel any one of us to testify in court about those very private communications. And there are really, really important constraints on law enforcement, as there should be. Okay. All right. All right. Pretty reasonable. Yes. A little spooky about the lawyer confidential stuff and your spouse, because I've always been told that your your spouse can't testify against you and your lawyer, you know, your communications between you and your lawyer are confidential. Comey says, <laughs> that's, just, that's just the shit we tell you in the movies. But the general principle is one we've always accepted in this country. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. What? That seems bad. That seems like a bad thing. No such thing. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. According to who? About those very private communications. And there are really, really important constraints on law enforcement, as there should be. It doesn't seem like there's enough constraints. Um, <laughs> just looking at the Vault 7 stuff, looking at the NSA stuff, kind of feeling uh, like... they implement these stingrays and other things like that? Good call. Yeah. But the general principle is one we've always accepted in this country. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. How do you feel about that? I guess, see, I am, I am the product of public education, so do not listen to me. But I somehow mistakenly <laughs> thought we were the land of the brave and the free. Home of the free. And, and, yes. and maybe we would take a little risk, but that was the American dream, is that if you worked hard 
and you followed the rules, you could make something out of yourself because the government was going to get out of your way. This is the land of the free, and you're going to be able to accomplish whatever you sought out to accomplish. He almost makes it seem like, though, that, yeah, you can. everything's private until we want access, until we want a part of it. And then guess what? You're not, it's not private anymore. He goes on to say even your own memories are not private. Right. About those very private communications. And there are really, really important constraints on law enforcement, as there should be. And we find loopholes all the time that are really, really important. But the general principle is one we've always accepted in this country. There is no such thing as absolute privacy in America. There is no place in America outside of judicial reach. That's the bargain. I disagree with that. I feel like technology has given us the power. Technology in some ways gives us the superpower to avoid oppressive regimes like the U.S. government. I do have the power. Of course, if you can hack my Android phone or my my iPhone, maybe. What do you mean, Chris? It's already hacked. And we made that bargain over two centuries ago to achieve two goals, to achieve the very, very important goal of privacy and to achieve the very important goal of security. Widespread default encryption changes that bargain. In my view, it shatters the bargain. I think that's true. The American people have decided they can no longer trust their government and that bargain must be broken. The bargain's no longer valid. Right. And he doesn't like it. Yeah. And, and in a way, yeah. he's explaining why the CIA is developing tools like this. Because the new bargain is we're going to protect ourselves, screw the man. That's the new bargain. And so in that reality... Agencies like the CIA have to amass zero-day exploits so that way they can spy on political adversaries, obviously terrorists, and domestic adversaries that, you know, accidentally get collected in bulk. Not intended to be targeted, Uh, of course. Is this kind of stuff that uh, makes people think that they're watching them think that people are watching them yeah <laughs> you know it, honestly this is like it feeds right into that it's like oh my god i think someone's watching me and now this stuff comes out it's like see i've been validated you know they're hacking my phone i i really find it interesting to, to see the people come out of the woodwork to defend the cia michael hayden said that uh, well don't call it the dark state call it the permanent state and he went through and he said well look in all of these different administrations, Bush, Obama, and now Trump, none of these people in the CIA have changed. In all of these administrations, just by the function and the way our government works, this is a permanent government apparatus that remains. Yep. And that's a little spooky. <sighs> I... I think we're going to see a lot more about this Vault 7 stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, this is, I mean, it just released, tip of the iceberg stuff. Because if nothing else, I mean, the hunt is on to find out who the hell leaked this. Well, we already know who leaked it. It was Putin. <laughs> we already know, Chris. I don't know what you're, I don't know what No, see, what we got to have is we got to figure out who the, who the uh, accomplice was that was working with Putin in the CIA. Well, we're Snowden right now. He's in Russia. Well, there you go. <laughs> it's, you know, blame it on Russia, blame it on Snowden. Yeah. Just call it good. Just call it, because that's going to be the playbook. I would not be surprised if in episode 229, next week, <laughs> we're talking about the guy that leaked or the gal that leaked this stuff. Anybody going to take a fall on this uh, in a high executive area? You know, of CIA, FBI? Interesting question. Hmm. Because, in, you know, in the Snowden case, it took a while and they were very smooth about it politically. Yeah. But there was a transition at the leadership of the NSA. That there took, was. Yeah. Yes. 
Now, at the CIA, that, I don't know. That'll be a good question. I mean, and one thing you also got to realize here is uh, I don't I don't know which agency it was, but one agency was almost completely gutted with the transition of power. And so you have. Well, you, there was definitely a big interchange at the State Department. Right. And so you have a lot of new people in a lot of new positions. Uh and maybe some of them not as experienced in this arena. I, I don't know, but man. So we definitely now have our line. Leaks about yes. who Trump's been talking to, leaks about who Jeff Sessions been talking to, leaks about who Michael Flynn's been talking to, leaks about any of the stuff that the Trump administration is up to. Those are good leaks. <laughs> leaks about what the CIA is up to. Those are bad, bad leaks, leaks that damage America. And according to NPR, CNN, they re, they uh, America is quote unquote less safe. Less safe because our America's safety is a measurable quantity in which can be reduced or increased based on leaks. Well, remember, Chris, we did have a color level system. And I miss so, that in some yeah, ways. I do. And so, I feel like the color would have gotten more we aggressive. Yeah, we would have been escalated to a escalated puce by now. <laughs> uh, yes. So I feel like tune in for two twenty nine. We'll have more on this. Wow. We'll probably have we'll probably have at least, if not more, analysis of the leaks. Maybe even who did the leaking. We'll see. Uh, I want to shift gears to Russia. All right. Russia, 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 Russia. Yes. Yes. And it, we've heard. We, it's a presumed that. Russia hacked the election. Well, we already heard that. We know they, all of yeah, this. WikiLeaks. Yeah. So uh, we've got to go to the source, the man that would know, the director of intelligence, Mr. Clapper. Welcome yeah. back. Earlier this week, the New York Times reported that in the dying days of the Obama presidency, White House officials took steps to spread information about Russia's attempt to undermine the presidential election. Did you hear this? Yeah, but let me let me go back to what Chuck just said there. Okay. You want me to play back? Yeah. I'll play see back. If, let me see if you catch what I just caught. Welcome back. Earlier this week, the New York Times reported that in the dying days of the Obama presidency. The dying days? Yeah. Yeah. That is a weird way to put it, especially by a pro-Obama administration outlet. Now, is that the New York Times saying it was a yeah, dying th- well, days? Well, I'm not. I, it's funny you say that because I'm not sure. I have read that phrase a couple of times this week, so I'm not sure where but, it started. But, yeah. And, but why refer to it as that? The Obama. Why not say the waning days? Why not say the final days? Yeah, the remaining days, final days. It uh, almost the, gives it a desperation spin. Yeah, almost makes it seem like it was dying. In, in, in a last like, ditch effort. Right. It, it's which, a very weird choice of words. Well, here's what I think it is it betrays the, what their actual understanding of the situation. Yeah. Uh, I think that's what it does is they don't intend for this, but it, it, they can't help it. It betrays their actual understanding that whoever wrote the Fair script enough. for Chuck or Chuck himself who wrote it, it they understand that in the, last, in the last few days of the Obama administration, yeah. there was a desperate attempt to, to schmear, to spread. What do you call it when you just like, you know, you take a handful of poop and you schmear it all over something? You schmear. You schmear. <laughs> they just wanted to schmear Trump as much as possible across the entirety of the federal government. Welcome back. Earlier this week, the New York Times reported that in the dying days of the Obama presidency, White House officials took steps to spread information about Russia's attempt to undermine the presidential election. Why? Well, one reason given was to make it easier for government investigators, in particular Congress, uh, to uncover that truth. Okay, so the Obama administration, in an effort to uncover a truth and make it easier for Congress, decides to take highly classified, highly confidential information and spread it all around the federal government. So that way, um, the new um, Trump administration coming in couldn't 
hide from it, yeah. I guess. Yeah. And you can hear Chuck thinks this is total bullshit, just in the way he's stumbling through the sentence. Like, this well, is the stupidest. Prompter, maybe his prompter operator yeah, had yeah. a problem. Yeah, his prompter <laughs> operator is too bad. Cho is choking in the middle of how shitty this is. It's easier for government investigators, in particular Congress, uh, to uncover that truth. Well, yeah, that truth, that truth. So the Obama administration spreads these in their final days, in their dying days. Which, their dying days. They spread this information all around. This this damning information that conclusively links Trump to the, to the Russians, right? Yeah. Right? Not according yeah. to Mr. Clapper. I'll ask you this. Does intelligence exist that can definitively answer the following question? Whether there were improper contacts between the Trump campaign and Russian officials. This is really what matters. Yeah. This is what matters. Yeah. You did not include any evidence in our report, and I say our, that's NSA, FBI, and CIA with my office, the Director of National Intelligence, that had anything, that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in, in our report. I understand. What? I'm going to play that back because I, I, it sounded like he said there was no evidence. Which that doesn't, I mean, because what, 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 why else would it be, I mean, if there's no evidence, why would it be all this upset, all this yeah, outrage yeah, for the last few exactly. months? Let me ask you this. Does intelligence exist that can definitively answer the following so, so, question? So, whether so there were, remember, he said, doesn't it, 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 doesn't it exist? No, does intelligence exist? Does I thought it? he said, doesn't it? ask you this. Does intelligence exist? Doesn't. Does. No, he's no, saying he said does. doesn't. No, he's saying does. One more time. This. Does intelligence exist? Hey, man, it's so close. He's saying does intelligence exist. It sounds like doesn't, but okay. Right. But that'd oh, be a really fine. weird way to say it. The, well, that's what I'm saying. Either like, way, it's kind of the same sentence. Well, he, doesn't like, intelligence exist or does intelligence? It's kind of asking the same well, thing. Well, it, it, one is like leading into a negative. One's leading into a positive. Yeah. So it does matter. Yeah. I'm going to, I think yeah. it's does intelligence. Fair does. Yeah, it's does, okay. But, yeah. Ask you this. Does intelligence exist? That can definitively answer the following question, whether there were improper contacts between the Trump campaign and Russian officials. So he's essentially asking, do you have evidence of contacts between Trump campaign, improper contacts between Trump campaign, anyone in the campaign and anyone in Russian government? We did not include any evidence in our report. And I say our, that's NSA, FBI and CIA with my office, the director of national intelligence, that had anything that had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. I understand that, but does it exist? Not to my knowledge. That seems like a big deal. And I don't know if we can trust Clapper here, but that seems... (laughs) It's hard to trust him at all. But it seems like he's explicitly saying there's no evidence. That had any reflection of collusion between members of the Trump campaign and the Russians. There was no evidence of that included in in our report. I understand that, but does it exist? Not to my knowledge. If it... Hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. 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 That just seems like a big deal that maybe we'll be getting more coverage. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, Either way, it's time to see that raw intelligence. Well, I'm encouraged, Allison, that this week the Senate Intelligence Committee is getting access to the raw intelligence that is directly relevant to this Russia investigation. Ooh. So now we're going to see the raw intelligence that supposedly the intelligence that Clapper was just talking about. I'll remind you that the big issue here, the issue that I think President Trump is trying to distract us from, uh, is whether or not there was collusion between the Trump campaign and our last presidential election. And the larger issue that faces all of us is 
whether we're going to defend our democracy against Russian aggression. One of the reasons that I did a joint speech on the floor last week with Senator Rubio, and I'm going to do one this week with Senator Cotton, two conservative Republicans, is that they also serve on the Intelligence Committee. All of us see in common a genuine threat to democracy in Western Europe and here in the United States from Russia. The Intelligence Committee can get to the bottom of whether there was or wasn't a FISA court warrant. They can do it. They can get to the bottom. Yes. They can get to the bottom of it. They'll figure it out. They will know. We're going to have an immediate investigation. The last few days have seen headlines dominated by calls for the U.S. Attorney General Jeff Sessions to step down. He's accused of deliberately failing to disclose his meeting with a Russian ambassador in the run-up to the election. Sessions has since removed himself from any investigations involving the Trump campaign, but demands for his resignation continue. And now President Trump has decided to challenge what many are calling hysteria with a more direct approach. Trump posted the following picture of Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer with Vladimir Putin. Schumer believes Sessions should give up his post and Trump is demanding a similar investigation, calling the senator a total hypocrite. He followed up that post with a picture of House Minority Leader Nancy Pelosi, another Sessions detractor, at the same table as the Russian ambassador. The president quickly suggested her close Russian tie should be looked into just like Schumer's. RT's Emily Sue reporting on how this whole scandal unfolded. Attorney General Jeff Sessions landed himself in the so-called anti-Trump political witch hunt by meeting with the Russian ambassador. But according to CNN, he didn't just meet any Russian He met the Kremlin's top informant. Russia's ambassador to the U.S. isn't new to Washington. More controversy. Current and former U.S. officials say he's considered one of the Kremlin's top spies by U.S. intelligence. Some U.S. intelligence officials believe he's more than that. Far more. They believe he has very close ties to Russian intelligence, according to current and former senior U.S. government officials. CNN is quoting unnamed officials for this claim. But hey, that's pretty much the norm nowadays when it comes to allegations involving Russia. So let's put this aside for a second. It is funny how often that comes up. It is. It is uh, interesting, I would say. Oh, perhaps. Now, there may not yet be any evidence of direct collusion between the Russian government and the Trump campaign. I agree. I agree. There's no direct evidence. You know what, Chase? Yeah, Chris? Just asking questions here. I'm just asking questions. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Perhaps today we do not know. We haven't seen any evidence at all. In fact, uh, we haven't had the director come testify before a committee. Is there any evidence that Donald Trump had any improper or illegal contacts with Russians or was compromised by the Russians in any way? I don't have that information. Maybe Trump was involved in collusion with a foreign power to try to rig an election. We should be clear. None of that has been established. None of that has been established, but it certainly has to be investigated. Do you have any evidence? Evidence of anything, of any of those ties being real. Well, whatever I can talk about here, but what the point is, is that let's find out. Contact in and of itself is not damning or criminal, but it's worth asking the questions, doing the basic investigation. I agree. I yeah. actually kind of agree. Nothing wrong with that. I think uh, I I would actually be kind of happy if Jeff if what would be you know what would make me really happy is if Jeff Sessions had to resign. I think the pressure got pushed off of him. Yeah. It's not going to happen. It's not no, going to happen. Not, if it was going to happen, it was going to happen last week. Just like Clapper happen. should have re- resigned when he lied to Congress about NSA spying, Sessions should have resigned when he lied about his contacts with Russia. Yeah, yes. it was – yeah, so what? He met with the Russian ambassador. He probably should have been a meeting. But to, to – to, 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 I, I wouldn't even say lie about thing. it, but to say – 
to um, what's it called when you lie by by to omit yeah. to omit it in the middle of so much scrutiny and so much attention on who you've been communicating with. It, it puts the Russian. magnifying glass right on you. It feels like you're intentionally trying to mislead. Yeah, exactly. And if he's the top lawyer, the top cop, shouldn't he resign? Absolutely. I think he should. And he also is a son of a bitch. So get him out of there. <laughs> Well, this would be a great way, like if the Democrats weren't really going to impeach, they weren't trying to impeach Trump, but they were just trying to drain the swamp in their own in their own way, right? <laughs> by doing this Russian thing. By taking thing. people out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, one I, by one. Yeah, take Sessions out for all I care. But wow. yeah, that's not going to happen at this point. He, he's good. He's recused yeah. himself. He's recused himself, Chase. Which, which pissed off Trump, by the way, too. He didn't like the fact that Jeff recused himself either that was supposedly the rumor yeah, yeah. I, I got a little uh, i got a few clips that i thought i would cover in overtime for that uh because yeah i thought that yeah. was that was fascinating you know betrayus remember your good friend i did yeah david he was <laughs> yeah he was up for a, a potential um sessions reply or was it session no it was no 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 it was flynn he was up for the possible flynn replacement right didn't get the job but watching this now, I kind of wonder if maybe it might have been better off if he did. It's very clear what Vladimir Putin's objectives are. In many cases, they are unacceptable to us and NATO and our, our allies and partners around the world. Uh, having said that, there could be some convergence of interests when it comes to the defeat of the Islamic State and al-Qaeda and perhaps the stopping the bloodshed. Uh, in Syria as an overall objective as well. I, again, would go into this with my eyes very wide open, um, with very, very realistic uh, appraisal of what Russia has done and what Putin would like to do. Um, But again, we had conversations. We had nuclear arms agreements with the Soviet Union when the world was in a Cold War and there was a face-off between the Soviet Union and the Warsaw Pact and NATO. Uh, And again, I think that strategic dialogue uh, with one's adversary is not something that should be avoided. I think you should actually pursue it. Now, what does he know, though? Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't listen to that guy. You know what I'm saying? It's Word. all in the timeline. Yeah. As a candidate, as president-elect, and as president, the answer from Team Trump has been consistent. How many times do I have to answer this question? Can you just Russia say yes no is a it? ruse. I have nothing to do with Russia. To the best of my t- knowledge, no person that I deal with does. Was there any contact in any way between Trump or his associates and the Kremlin or cutouts they had? I, there, of course not. Why would there be any contacts between the campaign? Trying to ascertain is at what point, how many people have to say that there's nothing there before you realize there's nothing there? But we now know on this question, no, at least sometimes, means yes. Let's look at some key dates in the spy novel that just simply won't get away. The spy novel that you are literally writing in real time, you sons of bitches, <laughs> with, with your intelligence officials who give you selective information. Right. So you look like puppets. Back in April 2016 as a candidate, then candidate Donald Trump delivered a major foreign policy address as a VIP guest in the front row the Russian ambassador. <gasps> Let's slide forward to July. Oh, no, God, By this dude. time, Donald Trump is about to be officially the Republican nominee. He's at the Republican convention. Dude, July's months later. I this, know, This is looking bad. Because he, sl- he slid it up. We know Senator Sessions met with the Russian ambassador at the convention. Oh, shit. A senator met with an ambassador at a convention where everybody else was? That is super condemning, dude. It should be noted for the record that event that he met him at was organized by the Obama State Department. Oh, I, I think the problem here... That's... Wait a minute. That's a weird thing. But I know th- that in context, it's not weird, right? But the problem is, <laughs> when you say no, 
and you say I've we've never had any dealings and we've never had any dealings. It is just ripe for the cannon fodder for CNN, for MSNBC to go, hey, look, look. Yeah, but then you end up with Chuck Schumer eating donuts and Nancy Pelosi at a dinner. Right. right. It's, yeah. it, it's, it's like, well, OK, if you want to count that event. Right. But but at least say, yes, we've met at the convention. I met him before, but that was there was no official. It capacity. does seem like that would be the smartest move. Right? right. When you admit it and you say or you just say no and you lie under oath. What other conclusion are we supposed to extrapolate from You're this? You're just asking for people. You are to... so asking for it. The event that he met him at was organized by the Obama State Department. Yes, oh. it was. Also in this time frame, several other foreign policy advisors to the Trump campaign out at the convention meet with the Russian ambassador. See, I, I, I still don't understand. Why would they just completely deny and say no about this? I'm thinking because... I mean, I, what's what, what are they afraid? I mean, here's, OK, I, I mean, got a really, really weak analogy. OK, but let's say like uh, you come home and you smell like perfume a little bit. Right. And your wife says to you, did you sleep around or did you have sex with another woman? What's have you had an affair with with? You know, and then you say, no, 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 no. I didn't. I absolutely did not have an affair. And you genuinely didn't. But you got close. You gave her a hug and you sniffed her. Right. That's what you did do. Okay. But you're asking, did you have an affair? And so because there's so much there's so much baggage on that word there's so well, russia yeah, you're right. there's so much baggage there's so much you expectation just no, but no 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 and then oh this oh you found out about this oh that's nothing but it turned out that it was way more than nothing because they were able to amplify it tenfold but the th- the, the difference with with your analogy is i'm a politician right and I'm doing these events i'm doing the convention which is probably one of the most media covered events of all time all right People are going to know what happened and what transpired and who met with who. It's not private like a personal, uh, uh, not an affair, but it, it, to fit your analogy. So when Here, you, when I you got one it, more for okay, you. Okay, all right, all right. You never know what the media is going to choose to actually cover. True. Sometimes, you know, they show you a shot of the president so preparing they, for his speech. Did they think that they were in the clear because it wasn't reported on? I think so. Ah, so they thought that it, they were in the clear that no one knew. There wasn't a secret audio tape that was leaked by uh, an NBC. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I'm confusing my stories. <laughs> uh, but I think that might <laughs> yeah, be what it yeah, is. Exactly. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. But for months, they said no context. What Democrats get curious about is this. July 19th and 20th here. Democrats say, aha. It was aha. July 22nd when the first WikiLeaks release of the DNC emails happened. That- I like how he is just totally skipping over major events, <laughs> yeah. like when Podesta got fished, which is right. a super important event because he got fished before Trump won the general election. Like all these little details, like he's skipping over that. Yeah, aha, that guys. aha, guys. Well, aha, guys. Well, he's leaving it out because it's not a highlighted month in red. That's <laughs> that's why. And Democrats didn't say aha, so therefore he's not worth mentioning. Right. Democrats say aha. It was July 22nd when the first <laughs> WikiLeaks release of the DNC emails <laughs> aha. happened. That's aha. what Democrats say. Now we move forward to September, a little bit later in the campaign. What do you say? What does CNN's fact checker say? What do the independent journalists at CNN doing investigations into this story say? What do you say, CNN? Not what does the establishment Democratic Party say? What do you say? And no, 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 no. We can't be bothered to do that. We'll just tell you what the Democrats say. July 19th and 20th here. Democrats say, aha. It was July 22nd when the first WikiLeaks release of the DNC emails happened. That's what Democrats say. Now we move forward to September. A little bit later in the campaign, 
And we know Senator Sessions has now disclosed he had a meeting with the Russian ambassador, a second meeting. One was at the convention. This one was at his Senate office. He says it was just about Senate business, his job on the Armed Services Committee. Uh Now we move forward to October. The first WikiLeaks release of the John Podesta emails. Again, Democrats say this is what, why they're suspicious of all of this. They- yeah, because that makes sense. <laughs> I love that. Again, this is why Democrats say they're suspicious of all of this. Let's make a connection. Release of the John Podesta emails. Again, Democrats say this is what, why they're suspicious of all of this. You know what he's not said once? Republicans say. Right. Our fact checkers say. Right. They want to ask some questions. And now we know the election happened. It's President-elect Trump. And in December, during the transition, his- after he's already been elected, after Michael Flynn's already going to be in the Trump administration. His first national security advisor, General Michael Flynn, who had to resign, had several contacts with the Russian ambassador. One of them, a Trump Tower meeting that involved the president's son-in-law. A Trump Tower meeting, huh? Yeah, remember he was having all those people come over At to the Trump say, Tower? Hi. Yeah, remember? How would they know about uh, the Trump Tower? Oh, um, I don't know. Huh. Huh. Uh-huh. Jared Kushner. That was just disclosed last week. Now, what I what I wonder about all of this is, well, does any of it actually matter? Does it matter that Flynn met with the ambassador? The ambassador apparently meets with a lot of people. Like, right. I'm not sensing like the, there's no smoking gun here. I think all, what they're just trying to establish is the lying under oath. <laughs> well, I, Are I, feel, I mean. Yes, I well, I I think that's your that I I think that's what the, the that's what you should focus on because I think that's the yes. most solid thing. Yeah. But this is the, they're trying to build like some sort of incriminating timeline here. I mean, they got they got the touch screen up with a, a whole timeline from April to December. I guess I guess the what they're trying to establish is the whole trust factor, right? And, Here's the timeline for you, Chase. All right, fair enough. Uh, Hillary Clinton in 2012 loses her race for the uh, president and accepts a. A gimme, which Aha! is the Secretary of State. Right. Okay. Then becoming the Secretary of State, even though we have played clips before where Hillary Clinton laughed at the idea of using email because of the fodder it would give the Republicans. <laughs> I would never use email, she said. I've played the clips before. Now she's faced running the State Department, needing to use email to fundamentally do her job. But there's one problem. Hillary Clinton wants to run for president in 2016. But as the State Department, she has to do things that would get her, well, unelected. Let's just say things, for example, is overthrowing Gaddafi. I don't know. Perhaps starting a war in Syria and trying to topple Assad. Perhaps taking money from investors of the Clinton Foundation and giving them favors via the State Department. These are things that needed to be conducted over email that Hillary Clinton, now the head of the State Department, had to take. She had to, she had to have an answer to this problem. And so instead of creating herself an email account that would have been auditable, that would have been open to freedom of information requests that could have been subpoenaed by her Republican adversaries. She had a trusted IT person set up a server in somebody's basement, later on moved it into a data center, in which she conducted highly classified communications for the federal government, Mm -hmm. such as communications about our drone program, communications about our intentions in Libya, communications about Ambassador Stevens, These emails were later exposed during an election due to an advocate within the system. These emails indicated that the DNC establishment and Hillary Clinton were actively working against the democratic process. The people responded by voting against the establishment and voting for the only other candidate because we live in a Pepsi Coke world and voted for Donald Trump because it was literally, according to the people, anyone but Hillary because they were so pissed off at the system and the damage that they have done over the last 30 years, 
They said, let's vote a guy in there that's going to break it up. And the people voted for Donald Trump. After the election, the Democratic Party was devastated. Yeah. The Democratic Party, looking for anything but self-reflection to explain what had gone wrong, blames it on the Russians, blames it on Donald Trump, blames it on Breitbart. Instead of taking responsibility on themselves. This is my timeline. What do you think yeah. of that timeline? That's a good timeline. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I just – I find this entire thing like the, – the, the, the interesting thing too about it is CNN not once, not once, not once mentions the email leaks in this. Not once mentions the Podesta email leaks. Not once says our fact checkers. Not once said Republicans said. Right. It's always what the Democratic Party, what Hillary Clinton's campaign said. It has been that since the election. And I'll give you one more component for our timeline. The American people are so fucking sick and tired of all of this. And they hoped, they prayed to their God that after the election, they could move on from all of this bullshit and get back to actually making the country run. And now, in March, the American people are devastated, disappointed, and angry that we haven't moved on from any of this bullshit. And part of me has to wonder if it's not partially the media because this is great for ratings. This is fantastic for ratings. It's a reality show like nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> no kid. Yeah. And you got, you got your timelines in here on Inside Politics on CNN that have a touch screen. So they must be accurate. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. All right, let's move on to a little world news. We've got to get us scared. After the election, we weren't really sure what the state of terrorism was going to be because Donald Trump's got the best plans. He's yes, going to yes, he eliminate all yes. of the terrorism. Yeah. And so we weren't really sure. Do we have to worry anymore? No. Do we have to be concerned? Because I didn't think so. I, I was feel gonna, good. I feel good. I feel good. Yep. Well, Chase, the media is here to warn you. Don't, don't put down your defenses yet because while you've been worried about ISIS. ISIL, Chris. IS. Al-Qaeda has been doubling down. On their attack plans against America. Bring in Tara Mahler now, a national security analyst and former CIA military analyst and live with us in Washington. Uh, more dangerous to us in the homeland than even ISIS is AQAP. AQAP. Now, AQAP is important because AQAP is the quote unquote branch of Al Qaeda, aka the database, in Yemen. And Yemen has been an area that's been seeing some activity recently. So we got to sell it to the American people post-election that we need to be active in Yemen. Yes, officials have been long concerned about al-Qaeda in the Arabian Peninsula. Did you know that? We've been, we've been long concerned. I mean, we've been talking about it. You just yeah. haven't been listening. Yeah. They've shown capabilities in terms of their bomb-making skills. They've oh. shown capabilities for more coordinated attacks. I don't, you know, I, this doesn't scare me. you got to talk about, like, hiding bombs inside printers, yeah. bombs up butts, undetectable Shoes, bombs. Yeah, please. right? Yeah. Got to bring it to the airports. ISIS, the concern, has really been radicalization of homegrown terrorism here. So individuals here who may or may not be inspired yeah. is what we've seen on the ISIS Twitter. front. They're both threats. Telegram. They're both concerning. And as just mentioned, you know, a real concern about these non-metallic bombs, uh -huh. which non can go through. Wait, wait, what? What? Non-metallic non Non-metallic? That sounds like a hidden bomb. Could that make it? Wait, non-metallic means that metal, metal detectors, detectors won't detect it. Still concerned about these non-metallic bombs, which can go through uh, airport security. Uh, I was just listening to a subcommittee 
hearing on the Hill on terrorism yesterday, a lot of concern about insider threats at airports and also the use of drones by terrorist groups. That well, shit, dude, I can't fly anymore. All right, and drones, <laughs> I mean, they, they go really, really far. They got butt bombs that can't be detected, and they got drones. I can't fly. And I need a new HP printer. Oh, my God, I can't fly anymore. Uh, airport security, uh, I was just listening to a subcommittee uh, hearing on the Hill on terrorism yesterday, a lot of concern about insider threats at airports and also the use of drones by terrorist groups that insider are armed. Insider threats at airports. That means airport workers? Wouldn't that mean TSA agents? Yeah. I mean, what does that, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't want, like, I feel like she's just throwing things against the wall and seeing what sticks. I got your drones here. I got your butt bombs. I got, I got insiders. <laughs> yeah, I got everybody. <laughs> Attack both targets abroad and potentially here in the United States or in Europe. The, the bombs you mentioned, bombs that can't be detected. You mean like butt bombs? By, <laughs> by the detection systems which, which, our, which our services use. You mean like the TSA, the TSA body scanners, which... You mean the ones that we spend billions of dollars, or maybe not billions, but a lot of money on? I think it might be after now in 2017. I bet you we're hitting the billions. Yeah, yeah I would think it's probably... Have those bombs been found anywhere? Have they been put into action good, anywhere? Good, good, good for ship asking yeah, here. Yeah, he's got to know about the butt bombs. Yeah, he wants to know if this is really true. Well, I think one of the things that you'll see in the next few weeks is as they go through intelligence recovered in this raid, and as they hit more targets in, in Yemen... Part of these operations. Wait a minute. What? <laughs> Wait. Let me translate to what she just said. Because it sounds okay. Yeah. So what's going to happen the next few weeks, Chris, is that we build our narrative and our key talking yes, points, yes, yes. and we hit all the major talk shows. Yeah. Then we will effectively put in the fear level yeah. factor yeah. up to ten. Meanwhile, uh, something like twenty airstrikes in Yemen. A rapidly intensifying battle with Al Qaeda. The Pentagon confirming to ABC News just moments ago there was another new round of airstrikes in Yemen overnight following that January raid that killed Navy SEAL Ryan Owens. ABC's chief investigative correspondent Brian Ross is here with that new reporting. Good morning, Brian. Hey, Brian. Good morning, Amy. For U.S. Navy SEALs and the Army's Delta Force, this is now what they call go time. Commandos being told to expect much more action against al-Qaeda in Yemen following the 20 new airstrikes on Thursday and now the new ones overnight. You know, I'm really impressed. Uh, Usually our gridlock Congress was able to just decisively act on the authorization of war in Yemen, and they passed a bill, they funded the war in Yemen, they declared war against Yemen's government, and look at this, now we're just go. oh, wait, what? Oh, hold on, Chase. Yeah, go. Oh, it sounds like our producer is saying that uh, this is all based on executive action, there's been no declaration of war. No, I... There, uh, sorry, are you saying there's no funding for this? No. Huh. Well, wow, really? Well, I wonder why Brian isn't saying that. Morning, Brian. Well, good morning, Amy. For U.S. Navy SEALs and the Army's Delta Force, this is not what they call go time. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, this is how the United States now goes to war in a new country. This is how you're told about it. Remember remember back in the days when going to war was a big deal and putting troops on the ground yeah. and bombing another country was like a big fucking story? Now we just go to war and this is how we tell you about it. Welcome to 2017, everybody. Killed Navy SEAL Ryan Owens. ABC's chief investigative correspondent Brian Ross is here with that new reporting. Good morning, Brian. Well, good morning, Amy. For U.S. Navy SEALs and the Army's Delta Force, this is not what they call go time. That's how we go. Uh, that's how we roll. Commandos being told to expect more. Much more action against al-Qaeda in Yemen following the 20 new airstrikes on Thursday and now the new ones overnight. These photos were posted on Twitter overnight from Yemen, described by local residents as a new U.S. military operation. Twitter. If we didn't have the pictures, we wouldn't even have photographs of the bombing that we're doing. 
It's it's actually because of stupid frickin' Twitter and the stupid hashtags and everyone's narcissism that we even have the images of the United States bombing another sovereign country. These photos were posted on Twitter overnight from Yemen, described by local residents as a new U.S. military operation. U.S. military special operations personnel tell ABC News that commandos based in the region have been told to expect a lot more action against suspected terror targets under the Trump administration. Not deterred, they say, by the loss of a U.S. Navy SEAL in a raid on this suspected terror compound in Yemen in January. Now, you notice how when it comes to building up the military-industrial complex, when it comes to the terrorism narrative, when it comes to building the singular boogeyman that all Americans rally against so that way they can manufacture our consent, ABC News has no problem going along with the Trump administration's narrative. And possibly the deaths of many civilians. Local residents showed pictures of a $75 million U.S. aircraft that was abandoned and purposely destroyed in the operation. But U.S. officials continue to maintain that what happened here was a success based on documents discovered in computers and phones seized in the raid. Now, uh, heaven forbid we go over there and do any actual reporting, but instead we'll show you these Facebook posts and then quote officials. Including, officials tell ABC News, what they are calling a global address book of al-Qaeda operatives. LDAP, baby! President Trump alluded to it all in his speech before Congress after introducing the widow of the dead seal, Ryan Owens. I just spoke to our great General Mattis just now, who reconfirmed that, and I quote, Ryan was a part of a highly successful raid that generated large amounts of vital intelligence that will lead to many more victories in the future. Yeah, you got their LDAP server, Chase. Against our enemy. Yeah, ISIS, enemy, ISIS. ISIS. The al-Qaeda group in Yemen is considered the terror group most likely to carry out an organized attack against the U.S. Oh, oh, well, that's... Oh, well, okay. Oh, okay, well, if, if, if the group in Yemen is the most likely group to cross the Atlantic Ocean, get through border security and carry out an attack in the land in the brave, then we had better go over there without congressional authorization and fucking kill some brown people, dude, because damn, it sounds like they're about to come over here and hurt my children. Against the U.S. or U.S. aircraft, its master bomb maker has long been a top priority target for the U.S., but there's no indication so far that these latest raids or airstrikes did anything to take him out. That master bomber is that original printer bomber guy. I love that we are still referencing the printer bomb as this, the United States government apparatus is with with all of our CIA, NSA, Homeland Security, FBI, all of all of our military industrial complex, yeah. all of our all of our connected research and database are are terrorless, are flightless, are no flyless, and yet somehow we are worried about a dude in Yemen smuggling a bomb in an HP printer. And so far that these latest raids or airstrikes did anything to take him out, George. Mm. Boy, that was really something. Yeah. In, they are intensifying right Absolutely. now. Yeah, right now they're intensifying. Intensifying. No pushback at all from ABC News there about going into going into Yemen. Just just got a boom, 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 boom. hit it, hit it. Here hit we it, go, here it. we go, here we go. All right, Mr. Chase, we do need to get into the uh, Trump wiretapping stuff. Uh, I got a few clips on that. I don't have a ton of stuff because I think we're going to probably find out more down the road. Okay. But you probably heard about it. Everybody probably heard about it. Donald Trump 
President Donald Trump went to Twitter and said that uh, this is Watergate 2.0, Chase. Donald Trump already up tweeting something that is causing us all to think a lot more about what's going on. He says, terrible, just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is Mm. McCarthyism. Mm. So there's a couple of bits of information in this one tweet that I find to be interesting. Uh, First of all, wires tapped is in quotes, which I think is interesting. And uh, just before the victory gives us a clear indication of timeline. Right. It's illegal for the sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election turned down by court earlier. It's a new low. Now, this I read as a question. Is it legal for a sitting president to be, again, in quotes, wiretapping, end quote, a race for president prior to an election? That's a, I read that as a question. Right. Turned down by court earlier, a new low. What he's referring to there is the Justice Department actually did go to the FISA court to Trump to, to wiretap people associated with Trump, not Trump himself, but a people associated with Trump and was turned down. That's what that's what that's referring okay. to. Okay. Donald Trump already yeah. up tweeting something that is causing us all to think a lot more about what's going on. He says, terrible, just found out that Obama had my wires tapped in Trump Tower just before the victory. Nothing found. This is mm. McCarthyism. Mm. Is a- it, and the McCarthyism, this is McCarthyism. Is, is He's just saying if you are even seen with Russians, if you're found talking to Russians, it's McCarthy. They, they just assume it's a red scare. It's McCarthyism. That's what he's saying there. Nothing found. He's saying, look, they looked into it and they found nothing and had to just move on. He's trying to tell you, yeah, they tapped me, but they didn't find anything. There's actually a ton of things he's trying to say in this one tweet. Terrible. So he's setting the tone for all of the right wing uh, commentators. Terrible. That sets the tone. That sets the mood. It's terrible. Right. Just found out. That tells you when he found out. Then he says, Obama had my, again in quotes, wires tapped in Trump Tower. So he's telling you the location. He's telling you who did it. And he's telling you when, just before the victory. There's a ton of information in this one tweet. Illegal for the sitting president to be wiretapping a race for president prior to an election turned down by court earlier. It's a new low. And he also tweeted, I'd bet a good lawyer could make a great case out of the fact that President Obama was tapping my phones in October mm. just prior to the election. So we're, we're following this like you are in real time. These yeah. tweets just came out in the last 10 or what is Nobody knows what to do with this. This is this is unprecedented for a sitting United States president to even make any claim like this publicly against the uh, successor. This is this is un, this is never this has never, never been done happened. before. No, is, nobody knows how to process this information, uh, and it it out of on its face, it seems like it's potentially outrageously un, unbased on, in reality. Like what? That's crazy. Where did he get this from? But then again, you look back at some of the leaks we've seen, and you think, well, maybe something like this could be possible. While we are watching and waiting for more details to emerge surrounding President Trump's accusations of wiretapping against the Obama administration, one D.C. insider says it definitely happened. Kathy Aru is that insider. She's a liberal journalist who served as a senior advisor in the Bush administration, and she joins me now. So, Kathy, what do you know? Now, this whole thing, you got to wonder, did Trump genuinely just find out? Did he have no suspicion? Who told him? How did he find out? Was it really from a Breitbart report on the radio? Like, remember last week we said one of Trump's biggest flaws is he apparently watches the news and believes the dumb shit they say. Right. And then reacts on Twitter about it. Yeah. 
literally we could be our, we could be finding ourselves watching the United States president get snowballed by Breitbart radio. <laughs> go to Twitter and yeah. start up this entire controversy. Just go right to it. Yeah. Or he actually got wiretapped by Obama and he knows something none of us know. All right. Well, my sources this morning, my, my source from the White House told me she thinks it's all true. She said um, there were concerns that Trump, and this is from the White House and the administration, so inside the White House, there were concerns that Trump and his surrogates may have been colluding with the Russians as a possible bargaining chip to influence the election. Therefore, the wiretap was was conducted. Okay, so the idea is, in fact, that they went ahead and believed that this information was correct, went to the FISA court, then, based on probable cause, put the evidence forward to say, we have this information and belief, and therefore we want this granted. You know, I thought I smelt some bacon. Yep, that's definitely Sylvana. Yeah, what's going on, man? Here's what I think. All right. Uh, so there were, and I have lots of links in the show notes, there were two requests to the FISA court to quote-unquote wiretap, whatever term you want to use. Wiretap feels like it's a lot of date, but I guess if I'm a 70-year-old man, I might use the term wiretap, to quote-unquote wiretap people associated with Trump. Now, if you, if you agree that Trump has a huge ego, you might also agree that he could make the logical conclusion that, well, if you, if you wiretap my associates, I might get caught up in that. My emails, my phone calls might get caught up in that. Ergo, you're actually wiretapping me. You could see how maybe a man with Trump's narcissism could make that connection. I want to back up, though, for a second because there's two bits of information that, to me, if you watch all of the news coverage come out, Early on, they went to the FISA court with a very narrow scope. Yes. The FISA court amazingly said no. Amazingly. The FISA court finally says no. In fact, at the time, there was Twitter <laughs> outrage about it. Uh, there was actual Twitter outrage at the time. Uh, quotes as like, well, the FISA court finally says no. Go figure. Like there was actual outrage. The New York Times reported this. Like this was an actual yeah, thing. Yeah, an actual story. Do you remember, I don't know, a month ago when we covered this uh, this dossier on Trump that said that he uh, hired hookers to piss on? Oh, yeah. And that he had a co- he, the Russians had blackmail on him. Yeah. Do you, re- do you also recall that the dossier was provided to John McCain and John McCain forwarded on to the FBI? Yeah, I remember. Yeah. Now, I, I, don't, I don't mean to go all uh, CNN here, but the timeline fits. I actually think that that dossier came along and then they went to the FISA court with that and said, well, look, we've got this as probable cause to say that there might actually be some. Th- now, this looks like Ooh. a bullshit document, yeah, right. but this gives us enough suspicion to look into Just this. Enough. And we think that this could indicate there could be some connections here. And then the FISA court approves it. Now, here's the other thing. That dossier was famous for being floated around D.C. for months before it ever went public. Months. McCain got it months before it ever went public. McCain immediately hands it over to the FBI. The FBI gives it to the Department of Justice. Department of Justice goes to the FISA court. FISA court authorized round two. There was two visits to the FISA court. One got denied. The second visit to the FISA court was approved. Now, we know that Manafort was observed. We also suspect that uh, Sessions was probably wrapped up in that. But we don't know for sure. And Flynn. 
Those things actually did happen. Right. There were actually two yeah. visits to the FISA court. It seems highly suspicious because that seems to be being used for improper uh, means. Exactly. In, in fact, to say, well, we want to spy on them to see what they're doing uh, during this election process right. where there's this tight race between, at the time, candidate Trump and Hillary Clinton. Right. Now, if you, if you consider the idea that the intelligence agencies sort of thrive on loopholes, Section 911 or this right. approval of that, or they have all of these different rules that allow them to do these things in these awkward circumstances as long as they have 49% confidence that it's not an American and as long as they have these requirements or if it's encrypted or if it's done this way or if it's in a VPN, then we can collect it all. Like this intelligence agencies thrive on loopholes. Yeah. So it seems reasonable to me that if you were to tap people near Trump, there would be loopholes in such a tap that would allow you to also monitor many other people, including perhaps Trump himself, right. because you monitor the connections. They don't just monitor the suspect. They also monitor the suspect's connections. Otherwise, they wouldn't get anything of fucking use. Right. That's how it works. You've yeah. got to monitor the people that the person's talking to. Otherwise, you get nothing. So there could be something here, but it's all weird. It's all awkward. And if Trump knows anything, he's sort of admitting that there was an investigation to be begin with. If there was an, if there was an approach to the FISA court, that would suggest that the government was actively investigating Donald Trump and the people around him, which would also seem to be damning. Full circle. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so either way, this is a really stupid thing for Donald Trump to do. Why not go in private to the intelligence committees and say He could have just picked up the phone. You know? It's like, it's so weird. Go to the committees. Ask them to do this investigation. Yeah. Go to Twitter. When does that branch into the logic tree? Because maybe it, it, it helps feed into the narrative for the people that tr are truly following them, right? So Plainly. I was, Chase, I was already, I mean, I was already You're saying, this sounds like a narcissist self-delusions. Then I watched Josh Ernest and I realized, oh, shit, this probably happened. Deb Gorka, a deputy assistant to President Trump, is accusing President Obama of being behind recent leaks from the intelligence community. You say that no Obama staffers have been involved in leaks. Martha, what I can tell you is that the men and women of our intelligence community are patriots. Mm, okay. That doesn't sound you're, like a denial. Yeah, you're not saying no. I'm going I'm to make sure. I, maybe I missed that. From the intelligence community. You say that no Obama staffers have been involved in leaks. Martha, what I can tell you is that the men and women of our intelligence community are patriots. And these are professionals who have served presidents in both administrations. And they took an oath to protect this country and set aside their own political views. And that's what the men and women of our intelligence community do. Um, he, he didn't say yes and he didn't say no. Yeah, because if I believe that Donald Trump is the worst thing to happen to America, then then actually doing anything to stop Donald Trump would fit what you just said. So imagine for a moment that I live in the CIA. I live within this world. I am a D I live in D.C. or I live in Virginia. I work in the CIA. I'm an active person. And I really think, holy shit, the worst thing to happen to America is Donald Trump. The best thing that could have happened to America is Hillary Clinton. This is bad. We got to make sure that the Democratic establishment gets back in power. These crazy loonies, these people who want to take us all back in nationalists, these stupid nationalists who don't want to get involved in the world, who don't want to <laughs> go to war with Russia, who don't want to be involved in Syria, who don't want to overthrow Libya, these dumb
some idiots. I don't want them in power because without them, then America could really be the empire that it should be. <laughs> America could be all over the world. America would, would overthrow Assad. America would be would split Iraq into three different regions. America would dominate Libya's oil supply. Without them, it would all be perfect. If you are truly if you truly believe that, then you would be acting in the best interest of America to stop Donald Trump. Yeah intelligence community do uh, and they should be lauded for that they put their lives on the line to keep us safe they deserve the support of the administration they deserve the support of the white house they don't deserve to be attacked or accused of having a political motive so what happened when i listened to josh here he she asked him a super simple question Deb Gorka, a deputy assistant to president trump is accusing president obama of being behind recent leaks from the intelligence community so this actual person who has actual authority on the matter is accusing the former president of being behind the leaks. You say that no Obama staffers have been involved in leaks. Now, what would you say if, and be honest with me, like if you wanted to make sure you were clear to the American people that Obama was not involved with this at all and that Donald Trump was a lunatic and he's an idiot for ranting on Twitter, I, I kind of feel like your answer would be that's you would just you would give the most succinct like correct. Well, wouldn't you just say yeah, that I is would be correct? Very straight, very clear and concise. Right. Period. Like that's what he would say. Like Sean Spicy. Period. I would be so period it would be not even funny. Like this is your moment. Yeah. You, the shine you, right here. You're a Josh Ernest. You yep. are no longer the press secretary. Make it happen. You yep. are no longer in the public spotlight. You didn't get that job at CNN. You haven't yep. been on the media since. You haven't been in the media since Obama was out of office. You are now thrust back into the spotlight. You have your moment via Martha Raddatz to give your clear, concise answer as to how Obama is not involved. Right. You have not lit. You have literally not had this option since last year, since your president was in office. This is your moment to be clear, concise. Here and it is. Make everyone feel better. You say that no Obama staffers have been involved in leaks. Martha, what I can tell you is that the men and women of our intelligence community are patriots. That doesn't, that's not a, that is so far from a, that is that so is, far from that. It is, that is clear as mud. <sighs> that got me concerned. When I saw that, that got me concerned. Sometime over the weekend, uh, the FBI went to the Department of Justice and requested, had asked them in some co- in conversations to refute uh basically President Trump to say, hey, uh, this did not happen. These allegations that he's made uh, that uh, President Obama uh, was involved in some sort of wiretapping of his phone. Uh, By extension, I think the director was concerned uh, that the FBI would somehow be blamed for this. Now, the FBI hasn't or Comey hasn't come out and said, "Ah, Trump's an idiot. That's dumb. I deny all of this. None of this is true. He has not actually come out and Correct. said, yeah. but it's, it's sort of been reported as that. What he's actually done is he went to the DOJ. He went through the chain of command and he said, I would like you to use your public apparatus to denounce this. We did not do this. We did not do this investigation. There was no active investigation. This was not something that we were doing. Uh, and quite frankly, by this request, uh, the FBI is saying this did not happen. Well, we did not uh, wiretap his phones. Uh, yesterday, we spoke with a former senior uh, law enforcement official who had direct knowledge of the investigation uh, from the Department of Justice. They- Would that be a leak? 
to confirm <laughs> that uh, this never happened. So t today uh, we're learning uh, it's a pretty significant thing for the chief law enforcement officer uh, to basically now ask uh, for the Department of Justice to refute uh, what the president is saying. So there would have been uh, if there was two cops on the job, there would have been either James Comey yep. doing this wiretap. Or it would have been someone in the intelligence agency doing this wiretap, any, any one of the intelligence apparatus. But in theory, if there was someone in the intelligence apparatus doing this, they would have to go through Clapper. Um, let me start with the president's tweets uh, yesterday, um, this idea that maybe President Obama ordered an illegal wiretap of his offices. If something like that happened, would this be something you would be aware of? I would certainly hope so. Uh, I, I can say, obviously, I'm not... I can't speak officially anymore, but uh, I will say that for the part of the national security apparatus that I oversaw as DNI, there was no such wiretap activity mounted against uh, the president, uh, the president elect at the time or as a candidate or against his campaign. So there is a clear statement by Director Clapper saying that there was nothing that he was aware of that was a wiretap. Um, this idea that maybe President Obama important. ordered an illegal wiretap of his offices. If something like that happened, would this be something you would be aware of? I would certainly hope so. Uh, I, I can say, obviously I'm not, I can't speak officially anymore, but uh, I will say that for the part of the national security apparatus that I oversaw as DNI, there was no such wiretap activity mounted against uh, the president, uh, the president elect at the time or as a candidate or against his campaign. Yeah, I think that's probably pretty true um, because it, it's it's not 1992 anymore. We wiretap everything all the time. <laughs> we record the Internet in a three day buffer and, and then parse it for information. We, we have exploits that we can use on phones and computers and TVs. We bulk collect records. Yeah, there's you see, we don't we don't have to individually wiretap individuals. We can go back in time and post analyze. Yeah, we've covered all of the, We've covered the technology and how they use it. The X selector program, all of it is it's been in previous unfilter shows. So this you could have a you could have two truths here. You could have the fact that we have a consistent, prevalent state monitoring. That is probably I would imagine watching every son of a bitch in D.C. consistently all the time. And you can also say we are not individually wiretapping Manafort or Trump because that is in some sense true. Uh, we wiretap yeah. everybody. Yeah. So, but it's not wiretapping anymore. We just live on the network. ...or against this campaign. Uh, I can't speak for uh, other Title III mm -hmm. authorized uh, entities in the government or... Uh, a that right there. Title III authorized entities. Do yourself a little Google search on what Title III is. Title III is what allows the NSA to bulk collect. Title III is what allows the NSA to bulk collect. And then Obama, on his way out, one of his last things that he put in, one of the last little things he signed was expanding the NSA's ability to share what they bulk collect with other federal agencies. So he's specifically saying, while there wasn't a, a direct wiretap, as far as Title III goes, well, Title III, guys, is a real son of a bitch that covers everything. Title III is the Big biggest blanket. loophole. Uh, I can't speak for uh, other 
Title III mm-hmm. authorized uh, entities in the government. Or, that would be um, the NSA. Or uh, a state or local entity. Yeah, I was just going to say, if the FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance, would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told I, this. I would know that. If there- See, if you have the FISA court authorization and you have Title III authorization, then you have everything you need to monitor Trump and his associates. You have everything. And if you're Loretta Lynch, who is the most compromised attorney general in history next to Sessions, it doesn't seem like it's that big of a stretch right. for the Obama administration to connect with Loretta Lynch and have her do to have her at least engage in this process. And if the NSA is already collecting the information, then you have the legal structure. You have the data available. Yeah. It's possible. Yeah. I don't know if it happened. It seems likely, though. It seems like, why wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Why not monitor Hillary, too? Right. No. Yes. You would be told this. I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this. Um, something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. There is no FISA court order. Not, not to my knowledge. Of anything at Trump Tower? No. Now that's, well, that's an important uh, revelation at this that point. That is odd. I don't know if that's true or not, because the New York Times back in January... January reported that there was, like right around your birthday, actually, reported that there was uh, oh. a FISA court approval. Well, like I said, not to his knowledge. Not to his yeah, that's true. He did say that, didn't he? Yes, mm. he did. It's been a full three days since the president said that President Obama had his wires tapped, his phones tapped at Trump Tower. There was this weird, awkward three-day silence from the Trump administration. No spicy Sean press conferences. No Kellyanne Conway, no Ben Carson, nothing for three days. Three long days. In those three days, has the White House come up with any evidence whatsoever to prove that allegation? Yeah, I I addressed this multiple times yesterday. I think (laughs) the president, we put out a statement on Sunday saying that uh, we would have no further comment, and we were asking the House and the Senate Intelligence Committees to look into this uh, concern um, and report back. Can't the president just ask the FBI director? Well, I, I think, I, look, I think. Has he asked him? No, no, the president has not. And I think that, you know, we, we've gone back and forth with you guys when the, I think there is clearly a role that Congress can play in its oversight capabilities. They made it very clear that they have the staff, the resources, and the process. I think that's the appropriate place for this to handle. Well, Spicy's all about appropriate places. <laughs> He's all about safe spaces and appropriate places. Uh, yeah, that's press, that press conference didn't get any better. You've said that you stand. The president stands by his tweets Saturday morning. The president Obama ordered this wiretap. You've also said that the administration wants Congress. That he, and let me just be clear. He said he found out this information. You've also said that the president wants Congress to investigate. Some members of Congress, by the way, have asked the White House and asked the president to come forward with that information. So, bottom line, why would the president want Congress to investigate for information he already has? <laughs> That's such a good question. That is such a good oh, question. Not so good. <laughs> if he's got all the info about it, why doesn't he just give it to us? I looked into it. I don't think it'd be illegal. I don't think it. I think the president's authorized to do this. Right. I think he could actually do it. Yes. I, I think there's a there's a separation of powers aspect here, as I mentioned to Jonathan. Bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> Bullshit. You're right there, Chris. Uh, that we think you it's talk about resources and time. Why waste that? Well, it's not a question of waste. It. It's a question of appropriateness. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you what's appropriate. Your president listening to. Breitbart or reading Breitbart or watching Fox News and then freaking out on Twitter and then making all of you scramble to make it seem rational. But if the president has the info, I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. If, he, if he's sitting on this information that he found out, 
he's now directing or asking or recommending that the but intelligence I, committees look right. into this. And you talked about they have resources and staff, which they do. Right. But why expend those resources and staff if the president found out this information and hasn't? I think there's a difference between directing uh, the Department of Justice, which may be involved in, a, in an ongoing investigation, and asking Congress as a separate body uh, to, to look into something and add credibility to, to the look is adds, uh, adds an element that wouldn't necessarily be there if we were directing the Department of Justice, for example. But again, I think we've made it very clear. Okay, I kind of actually follow that line of logic. If I'm the Trump administration and I think that this Russia stuff is so much bullshit that in the investigation we'll find out that it is complete bullshit and then if we could get a home run by also then implicating the Obama administration for illegally wiretapping, it's like a twofer. <laughs> they get both. Yeah, that makes sense. Or Trump had a freak out, <laughs> went to Twitter. and I think then- he had a freak out. I mean it, it feels very apparent because – the the tweet came out very quickly after uh well first it was the Mark Levin show and then the Breitbart article, then the tweet yeah. in that order. So gee, the timeline oh let me put that on the CNN timeline room. <laughs> yeah. Donald Trump's uh, claims Barack Obama ordered a wiretap on him before the election are continuing to be scrutinized by U.S. media. Trump first tweeted his allegations over the weekend, but even late Monday, CNN was still running breaking news on the issue and even declaring it fake news. What happened over the weekend from the president of the United States is not politics as usual. It is not normal. This is at best a clumsy attempt to dangle a shiny object, change the subject from Russia and throw us off the track. The breaking news itself was that an anonymous source told CNN that the FBI director had called Trump's accusations incredulous. The use of unnamed sources is nothing new for the news network. It's run a number of stories on Trump based on such claims. As for the president's accusation, here's the channel's main concern. We have no evidence of that. Zero. There doesn't seem to be any evidence. None. Only spin. And let's assume that it's not true at all because there is no evidence. Bottom line is there is no proof. From the get-go, the majority of the media slammed Trump's claims as baseless. Caleb Morpin has been taking a closer look at the diligence with which outlets examine some stories while disregarding a lack of evidence in others. Wiretapping your political opponents in order to get campaign information is a pretty big no-no in American politics. President Richard Nixon was forced to step down after he was caught doing it. The allegations by Trump's itchy Twitter fingers are serious. Twitter rant initiated by President Trump. Claiming that former President Barack Obama ordered the wiretapping of telephones at Trump Tower during the election. A potential scandal with all the intrigue of Watergate, except everyone involved, is really bad at everything. Trump hasn't come out and said what evidence he has for his claim. U.S. media responded almost immediately with cynicism and disbelief and demanded to see the evidence. Do you have any evidence at all to suggest that President Trump is stating something factual here? We can't rely on anonymous sources. We can't rely on leaked information, classified information. Yes, mainstream media is suddenly concerned about sketchy anonymous sources. But what about those anonymous sources that claim that Russia had compromising information on Trump? Or what about the still unrevealed evidence claiming to prove that the DNC was hacked by Russia? And what about the anonymous sources from inside the administration that have been quoted and reported on for weeks? Oh! 
Multiple sources tell CNN. Multiple. Very precise here. Precise. Multiple U.S. officials multiple. with direct knowledge of direct. That's according to multiple, multiple. current and former intelligence current. and other government officials in Washington. Officials. Several officials, officials with knowledge of the briefings. Knowledge. While anonymous sources have been reported on and barely questioned for months, when it comes to Trump's claim, media outlets are coaching each other and pointing out the virtue of skepticism. When there's no proof, journalists have to find a way in the headline to say, without proof, Trump alleges, so that we don't put in place the allegation as if it has some legitimacy. Rather, rather, we should be saying, where's the proof? Look how sometimes people are shocked, shocked, I say, to, to cite Casablanca, at the notion of somebody violating surveillance laws. But then when it comes to Trump, oh, well, uh, this stuff happens. So this is fascinating. As big as Watergate, probably not, yeah. but big. The job of the media isn't just to report on what's being said, but to dig deeper, ask questions, and try to discover the truth. However, the American press, which has no love for Donald Trump, seems to question certain statements a lot more than others. Caleb Maupin, RT, New York. That's what stuck out to me, regardless of what the truth is. Right. That's what stuck out the most. Yeah, be consistent. If you're going to do this, be consistent about it. Woo, and, buddy. And, and that's the key. Woo, buddy. That's the key here. Yeah. So 228, mark it down in the books, everybody. This will be the episode where it sort of begins a transition because it's either going to fall one way or the other, right? That's true. All right, buddy. We're going to get more information. Before we get into uh, the high note, which uh, is, I got a fun theme for this week's okay, high note. All one, right. one we've never done before, too. So I'm, nice. yeah, okay. I'm looking forward to it. All but right. first, Chase, let's go to my sack. Actually, the sack was kind of light this week, which is surprising. We usually hear from... Uh, we, usually got too, we got too much sack. We usually have too much sack. You're telling me we didn't get a weekly address from the big V? No V this week. Hopefully okay. uh, V's phone didn't get hacked, but let's move on, shall we? Mickey T, one of our Club 33 supporters, writes in and says, Hey, there's a great article in the New York Times titled, Intercepted Russian Communications Part of Inquiry into Trump Associates. Uh, this is dated January 19th. And we're supposed to believe that it's impossible Trump was wiretapped? Hey, look at that. That's I what know. I was just saying. I know. That. Yeah, I got that linked in the show notes, too. Yes, I, I uh, believe. If I don't have it in this show notes, it's simply because I linked it weeks and weeks ago in January, and my system didn't move it over. But it should be in the show notes. If it's not, check past episodes. Uh, even before I found this show, I wasn't so naive to believe everything the shadow government, a.k.a. AKA intel agencies. Puts- we call them the permanent state now. <laughs> I saw that. The permanent government. Uh, agencies puts out by the way of news outlets they most likely control not a snowball's chance in hell hey if you guys want to be a part of club 33 and support this awesome show join us over at patreon.com slash unfilter right there you can actually sign up for club 33 and be alerted when a spot opens up but hey the sweet spot is really the five dollar per month level and what kind of features do they get with that buddy not only do you get access to the supporter sync which has way 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 more clips than we could fit in like a, even a four hour show you also at five dollars a month they're making a real difference keeping us yeah. on the air i think that's something that's pretty pretty pretty, pretty unique cool. right there and yeah. pretty cool just like baseline keeping us going we really appreciate it and if you were listening this week and you thought, God, look at all this news. Look at all this stuff that's coming up. If you were watching all this come down and you thought, I can't wait for Unfilter, that's probably a sign that you might want to consider being a patron. That's right. Because you know your Unfilter show is working its butt off all week long to get this stuff for you. All week long. And, and by the way, like I said, if you're a Club 33 supporter, you can have your messages read on the air in my sack the United segment. States, when we make a mistake, be on up to it. we're honest about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> we own up to it. Yeah, yeah very nice. So all you got to do is look for my message that I post to the patrons every Wednesday early morning. Gives you plenty of time to compose your thoughts and submit them into the show. And then from time to time, we do open it up to the $5 or more per month yeah. as well. You know, I really want to say thank you to our patrons. Uh, I had a thought a couple of days ago. We were it was part of a, a thread in our subreddit. Okay. And it, it made me realize the... I can only I can only just like barely taste what it must be like to live outside the United States and watch this show and listen to the show. Oh, like because they look they are watching and listening from such a detached perspective that we must just like look like the biggest bunch of insane maniacs. Like it's it's like Arkham Asylum over here in the United States. And I I, I we got I was getting some comments back and forth from from listeners that are outside the United States. And I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't really know we're in the thick of it. And I realized, you know, at some point, Chase, you and I are going to be able to. Maybe it'll even be thirty freaking years from now. But you and I will be able to look back at this, this creation, catalog, yeah. this catalog, this this entire Amazing. archive, and and have that sort of detached perspective, and 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 just re-experience history. And I can't wait for that. Now I know that's way down the road, but you are helping make the people's history. And I I want to underscore that this is legitimately the people's history. We don't have a big corporate agenda. We don't. Ha- if we get something wrong, it's not because of an agenda. It's simply because we've taken all the information, and our frail human minds have unfortunately come to the wrong conclusion. Right. It's not an intentional bias, but it's probably likely creeps in from time to time. Yeah. But here's the nice thing. I believe after 228 episodes, it's fairly self-correcting. And we always listen to our patrons. So patreon.com slash unfiltered. Help create the people's history. Keep us on the path. Take a part, active part in the creation and future creation of this show. And by the way, even if you don't sign up yet at patreon.com slash unfiltered, whatever YouTube allows... We're still posting the full, unedited, unfiltered live stream for everyone. You mean the unfiltered, unfiltered stream? Oh! That's right, buddy. That's right. All right, so now let's move into the high note, and we start with a theme. The theme, Chase? Yes. Oh, shit. Look at all this weed I just found. (laughs) Coco.com. Coco News 5. A semi-truck filled to the brim with produce, but the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office says that's not all these two men were carrying in their semi. What? According to deputies, hidden in the very back of the trailer, they found 20 boxes filled with a half ton of weed. To see 500 pounds, that that is a lot trying to go through on one stop. A deputy pulled over the suspects on I-44 Saturday after seeing them driving dangerously. The deputy asked for their travel logs, but noticed the numbers didn't add up with what they were hauling and found the drugs. The suspects traveling through Oklahoma on their way to Los Angeles from New York. You know, it's the crossroads of America. That is a highly traveled area. It's also highly traveled for uh, drug suspects as well. Both suspects have bonded out. From the Oklahoma County Sheriff's Office, Zach Royal, KOCO 5 News. So you're telling me, you're telling me that if these, if these two guys had driven just like if they hadn't driven like jackasses, they, they would have made it. <laughs> 500 pounds of pot, illegal pot. Well, you know, I mean, this is like the same story, but a different subject. Yeah, I mean, you always hear about criminals. Uh, yeah, I got caught in the carpool lane and I had my tags expired and I was speeding. It's like, dude, break only one law at a time. Yes. That's the rule. That's the rule. <laughs> that's you the break. Rule. If you're if you are hauling 500 pounds of marijuana, that's your one law you're allowed to break. Don't break the traffic laws at that point. All right, Chase. Breaking news continues. 
All new at six edibles. You know, they're legal here in Colorado, just not edibles like this one. An Arvada grandma ordering fast food for her grandson today when she found more than just a sandwich and cookies. She says she found <laughs> a joint inside that bag. <laughs> A joint inside that bag of food. Denver 7 Sally Mambu was actually there when the grandfather, uh, grandmother confronted the subway where How she How do you mix it. that up? The woman tells me when she took a bite out of that cookie, it tasted odd. So when she went to look inside the bag, she found a joint. So <gasps> now it's not that it Is was that a, the joint. I don't know. The, re- <laughs> the reporter has her own joint, dude. She has her own joint and she put it in this. So so think about this. You know how this works. That reporter went in. She ordered herself a sandwich and a cookie. Yeah. And then she got her own joint, dude. And she put the joint in the bag. And actually, to be fair, we don't even know if that's a real joint. It's just. It looks. Yeah. Kind it, of awful. It looks weird. And what I like is the implication. That the cookie tasted weird because there was a joint in the bag. There wasn't pot in the cookie. Right. It's not like it was a pot-laced cookie. It was just a bad cookie. There was just a joint in the bag. Right. So when she went to look inside the bag, she found a joint. <gasps> I didn't know what it was. Finding what appears to be a marijuana joint in her Subway cookie bag. That is the worst looking joint I have ever seen. No, that was, I think that was her, her, uh. Is that a fake. slug? No, I think that was the made up joint from the previous spot in the story. Yeah, it, it does look like it. Oh, right. Using it as a prop. Now they're getting the prop B-roll. Of course, yeah. of course. Yeah, that makes sense. See, I was thinking maybe she held on to the joint and they were using that original joint. Well, maybe it's legal. <laughs> but I think you're right because nobody, what I'm suspecting is the subway employee how do you how do you accidentally put a joint in a cookie bag though? And the cookie bags are underneath the cookies right there at the front counter. I, I like how you are a subway expert. I, I, I fit the subway. You've done some investigative research. <laughs> I've done more investigative research than the Denver Seven Channel News. Found a joint. I didn't know what it was. Finding what appears to be a marijuana joint in her subway cookie bag is the last thing grandmother Kay Moore thought she would discover. And the thought of him ingesting that or you know it's a horrible feeling as a meemaw how do you accidentally ingest how do you a joint just eat something do you blindly just eat food well i'll have my cookie and then, oh what's this Ooh, a joint on the no no wait cookie monster ate it that's what happened <laughs> i and then and then so no no chris chris listen this is a serious matter we need to be doing this story she's a with, colorado tourist with the the dignity that this story needs and deserves thank goodness this mom called the local news instead of the police so that way we could get a story out of this yes because if she had just oh i don't know thrown the joint away or called the police yeah. or smoked it we would never know but <laughs> right thankfully she called the local news what appears to be a marijuana joint in her subway cookie bag is the last thing grandmother came more thought she would discover and the thought of him ingesting that or you know it's a horrible feeling as a meemaw so you gotta figure like the subway guy the only way i can figure this went down no, is no. the dude at subway is like hey welcome to colorado here's a joint mcgavin in our chat room right now says you know that's not a joint it's oregano they use oregano on sandwiches he was just storing the extra oregano next to the sandwiches in the cookies that makes she bought perfect the cookies sense. for her three-year-old grandson for a little kid they don't know they could put it in their mouth they could get very sick Kay says she bought her grandson's Subway sandwich and cookies from this Subway branch on 38th and Sheridan in Wheat Ridge. Maybe you shouldn't buy your grandchildren fast food. Wait, was this in Wheat Ridge? Instead of handing him the cookie bag, she pulled out one of the three cookies and gave it to him. She then set aside the rest for later. I grabbed a cookie out of my purse and I went to eat it and it tasted 
funny. And when she went to look into the bag, she found the joint inside. Kay reported the incident to police and went back to Subway to report the incident. Despite reaching out multiple times, the owner of the Subway declined to speak to us. However, the manager at the store apologized to Kay. It's almost like the employees at Subway just don't give a shit. No, and I, I think this employee was going to have a break soon. He's going to have a couple cookies and a joint on his break, and then he forgot about it. Okay, that is the most logical explanation out of anything, <laughs> honestly. Yeah, because right. the only thing I can figure is like, whoa, should we go see who it is? <laughs> All right, you, you keep the people entertained. I'll go tell who it is. Okay, keep them entertained. <laughs> you know, that's what happens during a live show. Uh, actually, you know who uh, who knocked at the door? It's it's really the NSA, and you know they heard us talking uh, about this and about Subway and. Uh, they don't like us offending Subway on this show, and you know we we've gotten the hate mail and the tweets. Yes, Chris. Just so you know, the Lakewood School District is selling gold cards for their football team. Oh, really? Yeah, and if you'd like a gold card, uh, go Marysville Pilchuck. No way, no way. That's right, rivalries, Chase. Yeah. So the only way I see it, your theory is probably way better than my theory because my theory was like the dude was just trying to give her, like, a free joint. Like, welcome to Colorado. <laughs> we smoke pot. Here's a joint. Here you go. And you'll need cookies because you're going to have the munchies. <laughs> you know, but your idea is, like, the guy set himself a bag aside. Right. Like, this is my a- cookies. This is my J. Yeah. I'm going to go out. And actually, at the end of my shift, I'm out of here. You know? That's, it's what, like, happened, that's what happened, Chase. That is totally what happened. Yeah. All right. So, uh, and he forgot about it. Last. Hey, look. There's a ton of weed I found accidentally. Trying to bring a huge shipment of marijuana into San Diego apparently did not get past the beach in Del Mar. Look at what happened. Ted News reporter Steve Fiorina showing us what happened to their booty. Is she drunk? Does she seem like... <laughs> what happened? She seems booty. like she's nearly incoherent as Nancy Pelosi. Like, that was bad, dude. And then she just kind of stumbles <laughs> off. <laughs> she doesn't even... That was really awkward. Uh, and then this guy on the beach. Taking your dogs for a morning walk on the beach, you round a bend, and suddenly there's contraband in front of you. What? Bales of marijuana. What do you do? Whip out your cell phone and start shooting. Ovs. There were already a couple of people checking out the marijuana bales as Perry and Carla Hayes walked up. We walked up to them and they said, we said, what's... What's going on? Hey, guys, what you got over there? What are you doing? What's that smell? And then they said, well, (laughs) uh, we think it's marijuana because they had opened one of the bales. And they were (laughs) fucking high. And they were having a good morning. And (laughs) they knew it was marijuana. And they said, we've called the police. And the police are like, whatever. You know what I would do is I'd be like, oh, you called the police? How long ago? Oh, two minutes ago. And I would grab two bales and I would run like. I I gotta make some money! (laughs) For immediate reaction. Why did they call the cops? (laughs) That's her reaction! Why did they call the cops? (laughs) Call the cops! (laughs) I want to hang out with you. It's legal! Yeah! I want to hang out with Carla! Carla is awesome, dude! She's like, it's legal, what's the the big deal? Her immediate reaction. Why did they call the cops? She almost said F, too. Did you hear that? Why did they F call the cops? Call the cops. (laughs) (laughs) And the second reaction was, it's legal, but not in those quantities. Smugglers at work, but abandoning their stash. About six bundles of tightly sealed marijuana sitting at the base of a cliff in plain sight. You hear these stories about how there's a big ship further out at sea, offloading to a smaller boat, and they come on shore. 
I think that's what we saw here. It didn't wash ashore. It was actually brought ashore. Next up, the police evidence locker. Well, I felt it was a waste. You're talking, that was like a half a million dollars worth <laughs> of saying it's a waste. Of yeah, man. Just lying there. And I thought, you know. Gee, wait, wait, did you, you see know? that shrug there? Yeah, I did. That was the, like, I thought, that, you know, hey, let's make some money. That's, that's, the, <laughs> old, that's the old well shrug. That's the, we had a chance. <laughs> it's the old well That's shrug. right there. That should be memed. That is meme worthy, ladies That's and gentlemen. That's the old well shrug. <laughs> oh, well. Could have made some money. Could have gotten high. Could have had a nice breakfast. Worth <laughs> a pot just lying there. And I thought, you know, uh, <laughs> gee, you know what the police are going to do? They're going to burn this stuff. Yeah, uh, exactly. Know, maybe they should donate it to the medical marijuana dispensaries. Hey, there you go. It seemed a light moment, so I asked, do you smoke or did you? Who didn't? No, all right. uh, oh, buddy. Oh, man. Hey, if you want to be a part of this awesome show called Unfilter, head over to our subreddit page at unfilter.reddit.com where you can submit stories and be a part of the conversation. That's right. And if you're a supporter, go check out. I think you might have mentioned this last week. Yeah. Did you mention this? The San Francisco's opened up the world's first weed gym. I did not. We got a clip about that in the supporters <laughs> okay. thing. Yeah. 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 A weed gym, Chase. Yeah. And you know what? It was actually inspired by a football player who says oh, really? that, yeah, helps with his uh, injuries in, in playing. Wow. Yeah. There Pretty you cool. go. There you go. Now, Chris, when I walked in uh, during the show, you were doing some more of your self-vlogging stuff. Who, me? How you? And where can people find that? Oh, you can find the vlog, youtube.com slash Chris Fisher. That's my name. What that, about you? You got anything online? Well, I got a lot of gaming stuff happening. And, you know, oh! we, we recently launched a Discord. I don't know if you've ever heard of Discord. But really, it's a, buddy? It's an integrated chat room and voice chat. We have a lot of great things. And I want to encourage all the people of the Unfilter and Jupiter Broadcasting community to come on over. GGTVDiscord.com will get you right there. GGTVDiscord.com. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Good for you. Thanks, bud. Also, the Twitter. Yes, all right. At Nunes, N U N E S, and also my uh, little gaming network at Geek Gamer TV on Twitter as well. Hot. You can follow me on the tweeters. I am at Chris LAS, or the network where you can find about schedule changes, show announcements, or just general news about the network at Jupiter Signal. At Jupiter Signal. Unfiltered.reddit.com. You can submit. We got a few good clips this week. In fact, one of the clips in the show came from the subreddit. Boom! Oh, that's so awesome. Unfiltered.reddit.com. Patreon.com slash unfiltered to support the show. Get access to the full live stream. And don't go anywhere. The show's not over yet. No. Despite what these two yackles might say. That's right. We actually have the overtime coming up. And rumor has it there could be some really good stuff in there. Looking forward to it. Mm. All right, everybody. See you right back here next next week. <laughs> I say Boulder Dash. With a week this crazy, you knew that the Unfilter show was nowhere near over. In fact, some might say we're just getting started. It's time for the overtime brought to you by Patreon.com slash Unfilter. Thank you to our patrons at Patreon.com slash Unfilter. It's dedicated to you.
Let's start out by thanking our new patrons. To those of you who said, this show's worth keeping around, I'm going to go support them. Thank you to Victor, Pamela, Anders, Alex, Lindsay, John, Alan P., Jacob, Jason, Tim, and Jacob W., our new supporters at patreon.com slash unfilter. And I hope all of you this week, when you heard the news about Vault 7, you thought to yourself, man, I can't wait for Unfilter. They're going to break it down. And we're going to keep doing that. However, my friends, you know me. I got a new favorite segment in the overtime. <laughs> oh, Nancy. Now, I've expanded Oh, Nancy to include others besides Nancy herself. But we're going to start with the Pelosi Meister right off the top. This is her during Trump's presidential address to Congress last week that we played. I didn't, in that time, find the clip I was looking for where you could see how grumpy Nancy was. Now I've got it for you. I thought it'd be a good way to kick off on Nancy. I want to go back because those of you listening, I'll describe it for you. So you got Nancy Pelosi sitting there, not standing. This is, by the way, while they're cheering the uh, the wife of the uh, soldier who lost his life, the Navy SEAL who lost his life uh, in the Yemen raid. This is Nancy Pelosi sitting there. Everybody else is standing up. Not Nancy, though. No, she's not having she's not having any of it. <laughs> she is pissed off. <laughs> oh, Nancy. Oh, Nancy. Now, we would never catch Nancy in a bit of a logic loop. Maybe a little hypocrisy? No. No. I need to ask you about this crude joke that was told this week by a member of your caucus, a Democratic Congressman Cedric Richmond, at the Washington Press Club Foundation annual dinner at the expense of White House Counselor Kellyanne Conway. Take a listen. And you can just explain to me that, that circumstance because she really looked kind of familiar uh, in that position there. He's saying that she looked like she's used to giving out a blowjob, I think is the joke. So, Leader Pelosi, the joke was sexist. It was disgusting. Um, Surely you're going to uh, say this was an inappropriate thing, especially today on all days, a day when we respect women. Today of all days, you are going to denounce this. Shouldn't the congressman apologize to Kellyanne Conway? And honestly... Where is the Democratic Party in expressing outrage about this? I wasn't at the dinner. I'm just. Oh well, if you're not at the dinner, it's fine. Yeah, about this, but the fact is, I'm still a, a, in a, a sort of a state of what is going on here. That the person who occupies the White House is a person who was on that uh, Hollywood video that said the crude things he said about women. Wait, are we are we pivoting to grabbing by the pee? Is that what we're doing? Is that what you we're doing? You all are criticizing. Uh, Cedric for a, 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 a something he said in the course of the evening, and he maybe should be criticized for that. I just don't know the particulars. But I do every day marvel at the fact marvel. that somebody who said the gross and crude things that President Trump said, he wouldn't even be allowed in a frat house, and he's in the White House. Well, oh, I think we've covered the, the Access Hollywood tape quite a bit, but I guess I, the question is, if one criticizes only Republicans when they make crude comments, does that not undermine the moral authority if if um, 
they don't criticize when Democrats make crude comments. I think everybody was making crude comments. And I, I just I, it's fine. I, I just don't know. I wasn't at that dinner. So I can't make any judgments. I wasn't I wasn't in the room when Sessions was talking to the Russian ambassador. I can't make any judgments. I wasn't in the room when I for that clip I just saw. I can't make any judgments. At least she's not uninformed. She's informed, unlike Trump. In, in your presentation, is that they're doing pre, uh, uh, what they're doing to medicate. Very, very destructive. Wait, what did she say? What did she say? Very destructive. Okay. So maybe we should have a, a, a side-by-side chart as to mm. what this means in a person's life. Did she say chart or chart? I think she might have said chart. What they're doing to medicate. Very, very destructive. Mm-hmm. Very destructive. So maybe we should have a, a, a side-by-side chart as mm. to what this means in a person's life. Leader. Because that's really leader. what's important here, not uh, policy, leader. but what it means hey, in a person's life. And hey, this leader. is a very, very bad, very bad plan. But when the president says Affordable Care is a death, he doesn't even... Says what? When, when the president says what, exactly? When the president says what? Affordable Care is a death. He... D- it, it, what? What was that? What did you say? Plan. But when the president says... Affordable care is a death. He is doesn't even have the faintest idea of what he's talking about. Oh, there it is. Leader Pelosi, let me ask you about, you are the longest serving member of the House Intelligence Committee, right? Yes. Term limits. Uh, as you know, the president has alleged that President Obama ordered the wiretapping of Trump Tower. <gasps> have you seen evidence of that in your role on the Intelligence Committee? Well, once again, the president doesn't know what he's talking about. Oh! Uh, because, first of all, the president can't do that. Maybe he's projecting that's something he'd like to do. But that Maybe he's projecting. Maybe he's projecting. That's something he'd like to do. But that isn't what President Obama did or could do. Because uh, it has to go through the There's Justice Department and then, of course, FISA through a FISA court, court and the that is appointed by the Chief Justice of the So why would he do such a thing? He is the deflector in chief. There he it is. To deflect the fact that there's that. a Russian connection, personal, political, or uh, financial, to him. He wants to deflect the fact that his ban is unpopular on on uh, Muslims coming into the country. I like deflector in chief. That's not the first time they've said it. Obama did or could do. Because and it has to go through the Justice Department and then, of course, through a FISA court, court and the that rest is appointed by the Chief Justice of the so, And who appoints uh, the Attorney General? Who, who appoints the Attorney General? Uh, who was the Attorney General at this time? Hmm. Why would he do such a thing? He is the deflector in chief. Man, I like that, though. That's a good line. Now, Nancy's got to look at her notes, so she's got to keep looking down at her notes. But, you know, as long as she stays on point with those notes, she does a great job. I think that deflector in chief could stick. It's sort of using like a crooked Hillary, Trump's own branding against him. I think that's clever. Uh, Now, Nancy thinks that the media is really to blame for this whole situation with Trump. And essentially, she accuses the the, the, uh, media of being a Russian accomplice in the entire process of the election. Her logic's pretty sound, guys. Hillary Clinton's inner circle is not happy with the way President Obama handled news about... uh, It's like there's bullshit coming in my throat. Hillary Clinton's inner circle is not happy with the way President Obama handled news about uh, uh, Russia's election hacking. Uh, They think he was being too cautious, President Obama. And one of Clinton's advisors told The New Yorker, quote, what if Barack Obama had gone to the Oval Office or the East Room of the White House and said, I'm speaking to to you tonight to inform you that the United States is under attack. The Russian government at the highest levels is trying to influence our most precious asset, our democracy, and I'm not going to let it happen. The uh, Clinton aide went on to say a large majority of Americans would have sat up 
and taken notice. Do you think in retrospect... I wonder if there's a reason why he didn't do that. ...respect that President Obama handled this the right way? Well, I think that President Obama handled it as he received information of that was of the highest confidence. I do think, with all the respect in the world uh, for the press, that the press could have done a better job. Now, remember, we've played clips of James Clapper himself saying he presented no evidence to the president. No evidence. He presented no evidence in their report signed off by the NSA, by the FBI, by Homeland Security and the office of the DNI. No proof that there was any connections to the Russians that we've just played. And she's still saying this. It's incredible. Why? I think the President Obama handled it as he received information of that was of the highest confidence. I do think with all the respect in the world uh, for the press that the press could have done a better job. The pr- now, this is so incredible because all sides can blame the press. All sides, the right and the left can blame the press. Uh, the press the press talked about her emails too much. That's one side of the argument. The other side of the argument, the press didn't talk about the emails enough. It's maddening. Instead of printing every uh, email that came out uh, and saying, this comes to you from Vladimir Putin, they were, ha, 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 John Podesta said this or that. I think the press were accomplices in the undermining of our election by the Russians by not pointing out this stuff is worthless because it comes from an undermining of our election. Oh, my God. Okay. Okay, so we're going to do this. First of all, it's never been proven that the Russians hacked the election. At best, they fished John Podesta's emails and the hacked the DNC and released emails that showed that those actors were doing things to undermine the democracy. That's at best, Russians hacking the election. That is all generosity in. If the Russians hacked the election, that's what they did. Oh, and uh, and obviously orchestrated the release with WikiLeaks. There's no evidence of that. In fact, there is counter evidence. But all right. So we now we're just accepting that the Russians hacked the election. Never been proven. No one's been charged. Seth Rich is dead. But we're just accepting that the Russians hacked the election. OK, we'll take that at face value. Now, now it's the media didn't do enough. The media didn't label this as from the desk of Putin, which is such insanity because the only thing that the media did, the only time the media would ever address any of the WikiLeaks would be when Donald Trump said something outrageous on the campaign trail that they then had to respond to, and his outrageous statement was referencing WikiLeaks. That's the only time they covered the emails. Trust me, as somebody who watched thousands of hours of media coverage of Hillary Clinton's emails, I have intimate knowledge of what they did and did not talk about. So her insinuation that they covered all of the nitty-ditty-dirty details in Hillary's and John's emails is 100% false. They gave you the absolute minimum information possible. There are still years, I say it again, there are still years, I will say it one more time, there are still years worth of reporting in those WikiLeaks archives that they could be going through today. They could still be having daily press conferences on the details they find in those emails. They never covered the emails properly. This is absolutely outrageous. This is outrageous. The media never did their duty. The protected fourth estate. The, the people that are enshrined to protect our democracy and inform the public. 
They never did it. They never did their job. It was the worst. We had to go to outsource. We had to go to sources like RT and Democracy Now and our own reporting to get any kind of substantial information in these leaks. Because to say that the media read every single email is ludicrous. It is an absolute fabrication of the past, and it is a sob story that losers are telling themselves to convince themselves that their candidate was a flawless candidate. It's so outrageous. Yes, that the press could have done a better job instead of printing every uh, email that came out uh, and saying this comes to you from Vladimir Putin. They were ha ha ha. John Podesta <laughs> said this or that. I think the press were accomplices in the undermining of our Whoa. election by the Russians by not pointing out this stuff is worthless because it comes from an undermining of our election, or at least reminding the public where this, these emails, uh, the leaking of these emails came from. Uh, so I can't speak to the timing of what President Obama said. I wish he, it had all happened in a time where the public could know uh, that this had an impact on the election. It, a lot of things have an impact on the election. Oh, my God, guys. This woman's getting me fired up right now. We got to move on. I got all upset. That drives me crazy. driving me crazy is that photo right there. Zoom in on that. It's one of those cops in a black uniform with a mustache. In Congress a little bit, uh, and you're in leadership. Have you ever met with the Russian ambassador? Uh, what? No. I'm not with this Russian ambassador, no. ...of you in 2010 meeting with Ambassador uh, Kislyak, it was part of a meeting that you had with Russian President Dmitry Medvedev at the time. I know there's a difference in, in Senator yes, Sessions. Yes, a big difference. Senator Sessions was under oath, uh, and the meeting was um, far more recent than 2010. This is an amazing piece of logic right here, because she's about to tell you how there's a big difference between having a private meeting with the ambassador and going to this dinner with the ambassador. And then... She's going to immediately turn around and trash the Republicans for going to this dinner. But is it not possible? I suspect this was an innocent mistake by you. No, no. We were meeting <laughs> with uh, the president of Russia. You know, you just accidentally showed up at the ambassador at the table of the ambassador. So these things happen, Nancy. These things happen. The president of Russia. He brought an entourage in with him. OK. Uh, he was the one who was doing the talking. The question is, have you met with him? So she was meeting with Putin. Is that what she just said? Is that what? 2010. But is it not possible? I suspect this was an innocent mistake by you. No, no. We were meeting with uh, the president of Russia. He brought an entourage in with him. So, so she just said, why is that not a scandal? Why is it not a scandal that she just said she was meeting with Vladimir Putin? That seems like that's a much bigger deal than even meeting with the ambassador. I mean, she got stuck at the kids' table with the ambassador, but uh, that's not really the story here, is it? Okay. Uh, he was the one who was doing the talking. The question is, have you met with him? No, I haven't met with him. I met with the president of Russia. Who else is in his entourage? Who knows? Presidents 
Medvedev. Oh, okay. Well, oh, okay. Well, whoever it was, that seems like a big story. So she's no, no. I didn't meet with him. I just sat at the table. We just chillaxed. We talked about our grandkids. Of state come in, they bring their party. They barely even introduce them. So this is completely, <laughs> completely different. Totally but different. I want to say that in that meeting was the Republican leadership as well. That's beautiful. So this wasn't just so me- meeting with Medvedev. It was a, a a meeting of the House and the House bipartisan leadership. You know, if I'm Jake, I'm sitting there going, is this woman seriously doing this right now? Did she just say it's a totally different thing, but those guys were there? I don't know. I don't know. Now, I, I wonder if uh, if this uh, old Nancy segment is really so accidental. She really has been getting an intense amount of exposure after the election. It does seem like for some reason she's been moved into a position, a spokesperson position for the Democratic establishment, uh, for the wing, for that wing of the party, not necessarily for Bernie's wing of the party, not necessarily the uh, Elizabeth Warren wing of the party, but the Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Democrat establishment, Hillary Clinton, the Clinton party. That segment, which is still retaining a great deal of power within the Democrats, she does seem to have become their spokesperson, her and Maxine Waters. I mean, we've never had these many clips before. We've never had these many. But she speaks for the establishment that's in charge. And that's why how she speaks is kind of important. That's why this segment exists. The Democrats have lost badly. And I would argue it's the establishment wing of the Democrat Party that's causing them to lose. If you had the Bernie Sanders wing or the Elizabeth Warren wing or if by Thor's hammer somehow those two wings, Warren and and Bernie Sanders, if they teamed up more so than just the superficial teaming up that they do now. But if they really combined their efforts, I think the Democrats would start winning big. I think they'd give the Republicans a real run for their money. But as long as the Democrat establishment part of the wing is in control, I think they're going to keep losing. And you're going to have this more and more right-wing conservative government seize control. This two-party system has left us with one option, with with no good options, really. But with, I guess, I I say no good options, but it, it would appear that the majority of the voters felt, at least the ones in the states that mattered, that there was one option that was slightly better. But I don't I don't know if it's that strong of a preference. And so that's why these oh Nancy segments are important to me is because I feel like what we are doing is we are analyzing the rot of the Democratic Party that is causing them to lose. And it's analysis of this rot that will lead down the road later on once they've, I would assume, figured their shit out. We'll be able to look back at this and go, this is what was so broken about them. And maybe our lesson in this election is that God wants us to do more to weed out bigotry and discrimination and anti-Semitism and xenophobia. A what? A xenophobia? A xenophobia? And xenophobia. It's an honor to be here with so many colleagues. I know Jan Chikowsky and David Price, so important in the Iraq agree, the Iran agreement. Iraq, okay, Iraq, yeah. That's Iran. why the JCPOA was. It's not a big deal. To, it's not a big, not a big deal, right? For the minority leader. Someone who, the longest sitting member of the intelligence committee, it's not a big deal that she confuses Iraq and Iran, right, guys? It's not founded on trust. It was founded on verification, vigilance, 
and enforcement. Now, the Republicans are too fer- terrified of their constituents to make their plan to destroy affordable health care. I wonder if she's medicated. Uh, public, they should try. What? I got to play that back. I don't, I, ca- I don't even know. Republicans are too fer- terrified of their constituents to make their plan to destroy affordable health care uh, public. They should try. They shouldn't try to oh. make it law. Oh. We have always said. Our, our goals, as I said earlier, our uh-huh. goals have been to increase, cover, uh, improve, ben, lower cost. She always says this, guys. So this is, she's always says this. Cover, uh, improve, ben, lower cost, improve benefits, and enlarge, uh, expand. Enlarge? What? I mean, she always says this. Lower cost, improve benefits, uh-huh. and enlarge, uh, expand access. We, we haven't seen a budget. We've seen, uh, what do they call it, an outline, blueprint. Minority leader, guys. Minority leader. She doesn't. These details, they don't matter. They don't. They, this kind of stuff doesn't matter. It's minority leader stuff. Called an outline, blueprint, Minnie Mouse budget. I don't know. Mini me budget. Whatever it is, it's not. Uh, not uh, again. There's no there there. Again, there's no there there, guys. Again. I'm just a little worried about that. That is, I think. I think when you watch Nancy, you can really see. How they have no credibility with the quote-unquote millennials, the Bernie Sanders type supporters, the people who are intelligent, informed, engaged, watching, and they're looking for genuine connection. They're looking for real information from people. They're looking for somebody who talks past the bullshit, and that's not Nancy Pelosi, and that's not Maxine Waters. I don't even know if Maxine Waters knows what she's saying. But I believe in this clip, Maxine Waters is praising the Obama administration for spreading information around the government and causing a lot of leaks. I think but there are some people who don't like it, but I feel fine. I'm absolutely fine. Uh, I'm going to continue to do my work uh, to do everything that I possibly can to help uh, connect the dots, uh, to help encourage independent investigation. So she's doing fine. She's doing absolutely fine. She's doing good. She's going to do everything she can to help. Encourage investigation. Okay? Okay. Our commission, I'm going to do everything that I can to keep uh, my colleagues interested enough. She's going, to, <laughs> she's going to be the one that's in charge of keeping everybody riled up. She's going to be the one that's in charge of getting everybody all hyped up about Trump and about the Russians. That's her job. That's what she just said. I'm going to do everything that I can to keep uh, my colleagues interested enough. So that's her assignment. To want to fight to see exactly what happened, because I believe that there was a connection between. She believes it, guys. uh, Donald Trump's campaign and the Russians and the Kremlin. And I do believe that those connections are there for a reason. And I think that the work that has already been discovered that was done in order to have Trump should be followed up. We shouldn't say, let our intelligence agency say, yes, we discovered uh, that the DNC was hacked and that efforts were made. Well, technically, um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, I don't mean to, to be this guy, but uh, the DNC informed the intelligence officials that they were hacked. The DNC informed the FBI, and then the FBI began an investigation. They did not detect the hacking. They did not have some sort of global NSA sensor net that detected intrusion by Russians in Region 3 and isolated it to the DNC server. Russians detected. No, that's not how it works. I'm sorry, Maxine. 
the DNC told law enforcement that they were hacked. And then the DNC refused to hand over their servers and hired private third-party investigators. I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be that guy. It's done in order to have Trump should be followed up. We shouldn't say, let our intelligence agency say, yes, we discovered uh, that the DNC was hacked and that efforts were made uh, to help uh, Trump in this campaign and to undermine Hillary Clinton. And that's it. We don't have to do anything else. No, this is no. serious. And I think that we must continue uh, this this struggle to dig deeper, to drill deeper. I think there is a trail, a struggle. So it's a struggle. And there is a trail. And I think that the Obama... Uh, uh-huh, the Obama what? You think that the Obama what? That the Obama uh, administration has done everything that it can possibly do. And that's probably been verified somewhat by the New York Times. Now, what is she referring to? Do you know? Do you already know? Because she's speaking... You can't tell if she's speaking stupid or is she speaking cryptically. And I think it's somewhere in between. So listen to the words that she's saying. What did the New York Times verify about the Obama administration? And that's probably been verified somewhat by the New York Times. What could she be referring to? Does anybody in the chat room know before I say it? Do you guys have an idea? Done everything that it can possibly do. And that's probably been verified somewhat by the New York Times. What's she talking about? And she's saying, good job. Obama's, I'm going to play the whole thing. And to undermine Hillary Clinton. And that's it. We don't have to do anything else. Well, no. 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 This is serious. This is serious. And I think that we must continue uh, this this struggle to dig deeper, to drill deeper. I think there is a trail. Now, here it comes. I think there is a trail. And then notice her next line of thinking. I think there is a trail. And I think that the Obama uh, administration has done everything that it can possibly do. And that's probably been verified somewhat by the New York Times. What is she talking about? What is she talking? She is she's talking about the fact that the Obama administration spread the intelligence reports that don't have any actual evidence in them around the entire federal government. They spread it around like a virus to make sure it got everywhere. So that way somebody left behind would leak something. Obama. Who spent so many hours of his administration going after whistleblowers prosecuting journalists, then feeds the leaks. To make sure that enough people have seen. Enough, I don't know why it cuts out there. That's weird, huh? <laughs> it's kind of spooky. Uh, but anyways, we don't have enough bacon to, to guess why that might be. But she cuts, what she's saying there is enough people to make sure that enough people have seen. Obama uh, administration has done everything that it can possibly do. And that's probably been verified somewhat by the New York Times to make sure that enough People have seen some of the meetings and some of the connections so that they have something to go on uh, when the investigations so, are really underway. When you talk what about the hell does that even mean? What does that even mean? So is she is she saying, thankfully, Obama spread these these half true reports all around the government? That seems like a bad thing. But really, the most damning thing about the establishment Democrats right now is how they are uh, by 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 association. They're all in with the CIA. That is awful. The progressive party, the party of peace and the people in the middle class is all in with the CIA. And they're so desperate 
They're so desperate for their narrative to be successful that they're willing to go in with warmongers on the right, like McCain and Lindsey Graham. They're willing to buddy up with the CIA, and they're willing to become friends and talk about how great John McCain is. Senate, even though I have more, um, more feelings about it being in the House. And She's got more feelings, guys. She's got more feelings about it being in the House. And not thinking that it can really be credible uh, than I do in the Senate. So she's got more feelings if it's in the House that it's not going to be credible. Now, why would that be? I do think that we Wait, have you, some I wanna, opportunity. I want to make sure I'm understanding that you, 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 you trust the Senate more than you trust the House in terms of the relative the two committees now working on it, the intelligence. Oh, this is Maxine Waters, a Democrat, a black woman, a Hillary Clinton supporter, a friend of Nancy Pelosi. I can't believe what she's about to say. The intelligence oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I trust uh, that the Intelligence Committee of the Senate is more serious about looking at this. And I want to tell you, I really do trust John McCain and Lindsay oh. uh, to help make sure that something serious is done. You see Chris Hayes' face there? Do you see that man's face when she says that? He is shaking his head. He is shaking. In fact, I cut it off. But later he says, wow, well, some strong endorsement. For uh, John McCain and Lindsey Graham, these are interesting times we live in. That's his sign-off. I, I probably should have left it on there, but it required another 45 seconds of her rambling. Uh, the Senate is more serious about looking at this. And I want to tell you, I really do trust John McCain and Lindsey uh, to help make sure that something serious is done to get to the bottom of this on the Senate That side. is your is establishment that- left, ladies and gentlemen. That is, there is no, there is no, there is no Democrats or is no, no Republicans when it comes to them. There's the corporatists, the military industrial comp, and then the people that are in it for themselves too, which is sort of the Clintons. That's your establishment left. And that's why they're losing like crazy. That woman, Nancy, the Clintons, they are, they're like a, a cancer, which I hate to use that phrase because it's, it feels overdramatic, but they truly are like a like a like a diseased section of the Democratic Party that is causing the voter body to die off. It's it's really it's really remarkable. Now this next clip is from Loretta Lynch, who was Obama's attorney general, who would have been the person to order the wiretap against Trump and his associates. You know, the gal that met with Bill Clinton during the Hillary Clinton email server investigation. Loretta Lynch now calling for blood, encouraging protesters to help get the president out of the White House, even if it costs them their lives. They've marched. They've bled. Yes, some of them have died. This is hard. Every good thing is. We have done this before. We can do this again. Well, the former Obama attorney general also using that video to accuse the Trump administration of trampling on civil rights. However, she failed to offer any shred of evidence supporting that claim. <laughs> oh, I like how we're all looking for evidence these days. Now we're now we're looking for evidence. <laughs> Earlier during the election, no, no evidence needed. Now, though, need all the evidence. Got to have all of it, guys. All right, let's shift gears out of Oh Nancy. I'm all done. I'm all done. Now, let's talk about Sessions, because that kind of got us, I don't know, talking about Loretta Lynch and all that kind of got me thinking about it. 
if something comes down the pipe where there's got to be some legal decisions made, who's going to be making those decisions in regards to the Trump campaign now that Sessions has recused himself? Good question. This clip tells us. The Senate Judiciary Committee's confirmation hearing for Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein Tuesday. Rosenstein would take over any investigation into the Russian hacking following Attorney General Jeff Sessions' decision to recuse himself. That came after revelation Sessions met with Russia's ambassador to the U.S. while serving as a campaign surrogate for Donald Trump. Minnesota Senator Al Franken has accused Sessions of committing perjury during his confirmation hearing for not revealing these meetings. On Tuesday, California Democrats Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein questioned Rosenstein during his confirmation hearing about whether he would appoint special counsel for any investigation into Russian hacking of the election. Given all of this and the heightened level of distrust on all sides, do you support the appointment of an independent special counsel to look into these matters? The, the, the answer is I'm simply not in a position to answer the question because I don't know the information that they know. Uh, the folks who are in the position to make that decision, and when I am in, am in that position, uh, I don't I don't presume that Attorney General Lynch and Acting Deputy Attorney General Bente are correct. I, I have a lot of respect for them, but if I determine that they're mistaken, okay. then I would overrule them. Oh. That, I, that seems actually kind of reasonable, doesn't it? Like, it kind of seems like that's a reasonable position. I don't know what Feinstein was driving at exactly there, but it seems kind of reasonable. So we've all, uh, we've all heard the stories now. Uh, Chuck Schumer's eating donuts with Putin. Sessions is meeting with ambassadors. Trump's shaking hands with ambassadors. Pelosi's having dinner with this ambassador. Another Russian ambassador has died recently. Who is this Russian ambassador man? Well, Attorney General Jeff Sessions' decision to draw back from the Russia investigation stemming from conversations with Russian Ambassador Sergei Kislyak. The Trump administration ousted former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn after he was caught lying about his communications with the ambassador. Rich Edson's live from the State Department with more. All right, Rich, of course, Kislyak is pretty well known in Washington. He is an ambassador. Uh, he is, and he's the Russian ambassador, and we talked to people in the foreign policy establishment here in D.C., Shannon, and they say that Kislyak is very good at his job. He's a very visible ambassador in the United States. He goes out of his way in outreach. He meets with people here in Washington, but he's also outside the Beltway an awful lot, meeting with Russians and Americans. One uh, member of the foreign policy establishment told me that Kislyak is known uh, to engage people in debate and spend 20 minutes debating U.S.-Russian policy with them when other ambassadors and people of his level would never give these people the time of day. And, by the way, he does so in impeccable English. It is his job. Kind of, kind of sound, oh gosh, guys, I just got the Google Assistant. How exciting for me, huh? Define ambassador. Ambassador, an accredited diplomat sent by a country as its official representative to a foreign country. It's almost like this guy is some sort of representative. Hold on here. What? No. That doesn't seem right. Define representative. Representative, typical of a class group or body of opinion. Hmm. Okay, that's not exactly. Or a person chosen, appointed to act and speak on others. That was also one you could have. You could have said Google. You're not so. You weren't so helpful there, were you? No. There you go. Also, just out of just out of curiosity. Totalitarian, relating to a system of government that is centralized and dictatorial and requires complete subservience to the state. 
It's kind of weird that Google Assistant recommended that definition. Anyways, continuing on. To learn as much about the United States as you can and transmit that back to the Kremlin, push for his government's position here in the United States. Uh, he was uh, in nuclear arms control for some time, worked in the Russian government, has worked in the diplomatic space in, in Russia for, for really uh, decades, and came to the United States in 2008 in his most recent post. So he's been here for some time, Shannon. Mm -hmm. All right. So what do we know about his views on where we stand in the U.S.-Russia relationship right now? Well, what Kislyak has said recently is that he believes that there's actually a lot of room between the United States and Russia to reach agreements, whether it be on counterterrorism, on climate change. He says that uh, there's actually more that bonds the two countries than separates them. He spoke for about an hour, hour and a half at Stanford University in November, and he said, quote, I'm frequently asked, are we back in the Cold War? And in my view, no, because in the Cold War, there were irreconcilable, irreconcilable ideological differences. Hmm. He claims that Russia is a democracy and that Russia is a market economy, though he says that it is developing, and so there is a common bond between the two. But he does acknowledge and say that U.S.-Russia relations are probably at their worst point since the end of the Cold War. Hmm. Janet? So you're saying there's room for improvement? Yeah, lots of room for improvement. All right, Rich in the State Department, thank you. Kind of sounds like the kind of person you'd want to be meeting with if you're in government and uh, shaping public policy. I don't know. What do I know? I also heard that he has, like, some pretty big outstanding debts. So take all of that with a grain of salt, my friends, <laughs> because who really knows the truth? Now, before we get into our Trump stuff for the week, I want to do a little quick recap of the history of wiretapping in well, the these US. these days, wiretapping as an issue was back in the headlines. That's after General Flynn was fired from the White House based on his wiretapping conversations with the Russian ambassador, and then President Trump accusing his predecessor of spying on his election campaign. But the issue has a long history going back at Whoa. least 20 years. He's Alexei Yaroshevsky looks at the timeline of wiretapping in the United States of America. What has changed since the Foreign Intelligence Service Act was signed into law in 1978, protecting Americans from domestic spying. 22 years later, in the year 2000, a latter declassified NSA memo had a line saying to perform both its offensive and defensive mission, NSA must live on the network. That was before 9-11 and the subsequent passage of the Patriot Act. And in 2002, the Washington Post revealed that major telecommunications companies like AT&T voluntarily agreed to give data to the NSA. Alarm bells were not yet ringing, and they didn't even ring across the nation in 2005 when the New York Times broke an explosive story that callers and Internet users in the United States were secretly spied on by the NSA, surpassing court orders. The revelation was confirmed by then-President George W. Bush on the next day. This was the first such revelation. Next year, more reporting from NYT suggested innocent Americans were spied on, and AT&T whistleblower Mark Klein came forward with evidence I that. that the telecom giant was constructing NSA secret spying room at AT&T's San Francisco facility. That's probably when I should have woken the F up and gone, well... What? 2007, the controversial Protect America Act is signed into law, extending the president's authority to wiretap citizens of the United States. That was also when Senator Obama promised strong opposition to FISA's retroactive immunity for telecommunications companies. The promise he broke just a year later, having voted for FISA Amendments Act. 
Fast forward through several years of largely fruitless congressional hearings on privacy and individual lawsuits against wiretapping to the year 2013. The bomb dropped by former NSA contractor turned whistleblower Edward Snowden. Now, you guys know the rest of the timeline uh, because that's basically when this show took off. Now, we got to keep moving. We got to keep moving because I don't want this overtime to be like an hour long, but I got so much more stuff to cover. <sighs> I got to cut some of this. I got to cut some of this. Um, let's go ahead. Let's jump ahead. There's so much more stuff in the supporters saying, I want to play this one. You have undoubtedly seen the headlines about the White House and Russia, all these based on leaks, unnamed leaks. Well, our next guest says, Russia is the distraction for the ultimate plan, which is to destroy the president. New York <laughs> Man, now that's going 100%. That's going all in. But you know, <laughs> you know, you might be right because what really, why else, why all else being true, even, I mean, like, let's just say that like all the Russian stuff is true, like the hacking of the election, the, four, the 4D chess plane where they, they hacked stuff to arrange stuff for Trump before he had even won the general election. Like all of this really long-term 4D chess thinking that Putin did, it's all true. He's a super genius. And I mean if he's a super genius of that level, he outclasses any super genius in our administration. I mean the man is totally brilliant apparently. So we're going we're gonna to accept that. We're going to accept that maybe even the Trump campaign worked with Russia you know, just to help make things really solid. We're going to assume all of that. If all of that is true – I think you could still argue that they're trying to take down the president by selectively leaking, they being the intelligence agencies, by selectively leaking just portions of information to the media and to certain media outlets, it is essentially sniper sh- it's sniper shots. You're doing sniper shots. When you're doing sniper shots against the president and at the same time in your own reports, you're no longer providing sources and means. You're, you're not informing the president and you're informing the media. It does seem like an attempt to take down Trump. Now, imagine if any of that other stuff that we assumed is true is not true. Imagine just, just critically, just think about it just for a second. I'm not, I'm not trying to change your mind, but just for a moment, imagine that the Russians didn't fish Podesta. Imagine for a moment that the Russians didn't hack the DNC. Imagine for a moment that Trump surrogates were meeting with Russians to plan things if they got if they won the election they got in the White House. Imagine for a moment that they were trying to line things up during a tumultuous time be- between the Russians and the U.S. If we assume any one of those things to be true, then it's really something that the intelligence agency seem- – it really seems like the intelligence agency is trying to destroy the president. In Russia, all these based on leaks, unnamed leaks. Well, our next guest says – Russia is the distraction for the ultimate plan, which is to destroy the president. New York Post columnist and new uh, Fox News contributor, Michael Goodwin, joins us right now live. Good morning to you. Good morning, Mike. You know, you've got a great column out, and the final line of the column is Chuck Schumer saying this a month ago. Clip. Go. Let me tell you, you take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. Oh, remember that? Kind of feels like, kind of feels like that's exactly what's happening, doesn't it? You guys remember when I played that? Intelligence community, they have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. 
So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. I almost feel like I don't need to play the rest of the clip. But I'm going to. You take on the intelligence community. They have six ways from Sunday at getting back at you. So even for a practical, supposedly hard-nosed businessman, he's being really dumb to do this. Why is that so important? Six ways to Sunday, they'll get back at you. And I would submit this is the intelligence community's getting back at Donald Trump. Uh, it, it smacks. I mean, every, as you say, everything is a leak. None of this is official. None of this is publicly stated. It's all leaks through anti-Trump media outlets. So it looks like somebody in the government has collected information on the cam candidate and then the president-elect and now the president and is leaking it uh this, this would be a federal crime you know it's interesting he does make it uh, i guess fox news or breitbart whoever who, who's your who's your favorite right-wing uh, news outlet to hate dear listener uh, none of them have gotten any of these leaks have they it's been washington post uh the, the new york times cnn i think maybe the wall street journal that's pretty – that that is – just looking at that is kind of an interesting idea. Well, the former British intelligence officer behind the dossier that contained explosive allegations about President Donald Trump. Is and I suspect the dossier that pushed that second FISA court approval. Speaking out, former MI6 agent Christopher Steele was forced into hiding in January after he was named in connection to a report that Russia had compromising information on then-president-elect. Now, it's so funny because – so Steele, he disappeared. He went totally MIA. Nobody knew where he was. He was hiding. He was afraid for his life. But there is something that anyone knows in politics. If you are a mark, if you've said something that's going to get you killed, you know, maybe you slept with Bill. Who knows what it is? Like the best defense, the absolute best defense is to be public. Come out and get in front of the camera. You think that's what he's doing? Here he is giving a statement outside his firm for the first time since returning to work. I'm really pleased to be back here working. I'm really alive right now. Again, at the office's offices in London today. This is my office location. I'll be coming here every single day. I'm now going to be focusing my efforts on supporting the broader interests of our company here. I won't be getting involved in politics. I'm focusing on my work. I'll behave myself. And I'd like to say a warm thank you to everyone who sent me kind messages and support over the last few weeks. There's a lot of people that care about my well-being. And just to add that I won't be making any further statements or comments at this time. I won't be causing any more trouble. I'm sorry. Thank you so much. I'll just go right now into my office here. Russia could be using damaging information to blackmail Trump. The president has, of course, denounced the document as fake. Now, what do you suppose the chances are that this guy makes a public appearance in front of the cameras right before the investigations are about to kick off, where they're going to pull in a whole bunch of people, including some suggesting him? I think that's kind of interesting. And that very awkward, I'm totally fine, I'm totally alive, and I'm just going to keep my heads down. That was weird. A source is telling CNN that the president was frustrated and angry that Attorney General Jeff Sessions was forced to recuse himself from any investigation into the alleged Russian interference into the presidential election. Now, we haven't gotten confirmation of this, but the the, the rumor goes is that Trump was frustrated that uh, Sessions came out and rec recused himself. Trump didn't want him to do it. Uh, now, this has been – now, that's not the real story. I mean, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. I would imagine it is true. 
But have you seen – I'm going to search for it right now. Trump prepares for speech. Have you seen this clip? Have you seen this one here, uh, Donald Trump, this guy right here? I'm pulling this uh, – I'm just pulling this off of the internet tubes uh, because I I am sure most of you have seen this. Uh, this shot of Donald Trump in his limousine preparing for his congressional Please speech. Yeah, we can read lips. We can get the whole speech preview right now. <laughs> this is great. I have never seen this before. A president on the way to giving his, well, almost State of the Union and actually practicing it on television. Well, and they're reading it out loud to the other people in the car. I mean, well, we don't know. Good that. He has you know no me. ideas on television. I've never seen this. I've never seen them do this for any president before. It seems like they've always had the technology. It's not like we just fucking got zoom lenses. They've been always able to zoom in on the window of a president, but they've never done it. They've never done it. And now, once again, something I don't ever see, although it seems like they could have always done this, we now have zoom-in shots of the White House windows. The Oval Office, where there were, quote, a lot of expletives. In fact, we have video from outside the Oval Office, which shows that animated conversation with Trump and his top aides. In fact, you can see Steve Bannon, Jared Kushner, Reince Priebus, Sean Spicer, and Ivanka Trump. Now, something tells me that window existed when Obama was in that office, and zoom lenses existed when Obama was in that office. And yet we never, I bet, well, you know what, guys, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go on, a, I'm going to go on a limb and say they probably, probably existed, you know, when Bush was, probably existed when Reagan was in, a, probably existed when Carter was in office, maybe even when Nixon was, oh my goodness, this new zoom lens technology, how long has it been around? Apparently the media just found it. In a discussion that appears to get heated at times. Now, we don't know exactly what was being discussed at this particular moment, but we're told the president accused his staff of fumbling the situation with Sessions. And after that angry White House meeting, the president left for Florida, and it was from his Mar-a-Lago estate on Saturday morning that Trump tweeted out that explosive accusation that President Obama ordered the wiretapping of his phone and Trump Tower during the campaign. Now, I wonder, I wonder why we never saw that stuff before. Why did we never see that in the past? I don't understand. I don't understand why we never saw that. Everybody's got Trump problems, though. Even Barbara Streisand. What does President Trump have to do with Barbara Streisand eating pancakes? The singer sure had great timing. It's IHOP's National Pancake Day. When she tweeted, Donald Trump is making me gain weight. I start the day with liquids, but after the morning news, I eat pancakes smothered in maple syrup. And Babs isn't alone. I do think I'm doing a lot of stress eating, to be honest. Swear at the TV and have to get get the munchies. Trump's supporters were swearing at Streisand. Maybe they're, maybe they're just smoking too much pot. Maybe it's not Donald Trump's fault. Maybe they're just smoking way too much pot. Getting pulled over for drunk driving is a traumatic experience for any college kid. One University of Central Arkansas student was observed driving below the speed limit. And he was pulled over for suspicion of driving while intoxicated. Let's see how he proved to the police he wasn't hammered. I gotta tell you. I've actually got some juggling props if you'd rather see that. Let's see it, man. Is it going? It's going. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine? 
Oh my goodness. You know what? Good for him. And I don't think he was intoxicated. I don't think so. <laughs> all right, you guys. That wraps up the supporter show. We're all done. Overtime's done. It's time to kick off. Thank you for being here. I hope you enjoyed the show. Hope we see you next week. And don't forget, spay and neuter your pets. That's important. That's what you should be worried about. <laughs>